Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Evan Roberts. Tiki Barber. It's Evan and Tiki on WFAN, The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Oh, what a night. Oh, what a Super Bowl. We will get to every aspect of this insane game from last night. Evan and Tiki on this beautiful Monday. But I think me and Tiki can argue a little bit. I think we're going to fight a little bit. Because I respect you. I respect everything you've done in your NFL career and as an expert broadcaster. But you and a lot of people around this country are dead wrong about Kyle Shanahan. He damn effed up. He damn screwed up in overtime. For the first time ever, we had the new overtime rules. And you, like everybody else, is saying, well, you know, get the ball first. If I score and they score, (laughs) and we both score touchdowns, or we both kick field goals... I want the extra possession. That's what Kyle said after the game. See, he's not thinking about this the right way, and nor are you. So, first of all, how you doing, pal? I'm doing fantastic. By the way, how many snaps did Kyle Shanahan take last night? Oh, don't do that. <laughs> he's the head coach of the football how, how team. How many carries did he have? He's that well. Not Christian right. McCaffrey didn't have enough. Who do you blame for that? By how the many way, incompletions did he throw last night? Yes, that's the problem. If I'm going to blame anything on Kyle Shanahan from last night, it's that he. F- kind of forgot that he had the offensive MVP and the rushing leader in the NFL from a year from this past season in Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. To go the entire third quarter basically run 10 plays and have one carry? I agree. It's that's it's it's criminal. I agree. Now, the overtime rule cuz that's really what this comes down to. I don't think many people understood the overtime rule. Neither role. did Kyle Shanahan. I think they know the overtime rule. Oh, it's not sudden death anymore. Both teams are allowed a possession. But I don't think the concept that the clock didn't matter resonated with many people. Except for the eventual winners of this Super Bowl. What a surprise. The Kansas City Chiefs. So you're saying the Kansas City Chiefs knew what the hell they were doing. The San Francisco 49ers yes, did not. But that does not affect my belief that Kyle Shanahan did the right thing by electing to take the football. Are you open-minded? I am open-minded, but to me, football is about a couple of things. And maybe it's more because the game has evolved and it's changed like completely from even when I was playing 17 years ago. But it's always been about protecting the football, yep. field position, yep. and possessions. Yes. Most importantly, possessions. I agree. And so when Kyle Shanahan, in overtime, elects to take the ball, you're making an assumption. 
you're making the worst-case assumption. The worst-case assumption is that you go score, they go score. And then you get the chance to score again because you have one extra possession of the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's sudden death. So in in a sudden death situation, you have the football, and you have the possession advantage. So I didn't mind Kyle Shanahan taking the football, and they moved the ball right down the field. They just short-circuited when they got close, and they had to rely on a field goal, and and then it was on their defense. And their defense just couldn't do what most defenses can't do, which is stop Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, so you're right if this was any other circumstances in any other game against any other opponent. I'll, I'll never forget when this rule was announced a few years ago, I was under the assumption that I would be on Team Tiki. I'd be on the team of everyone out there who thinks Kyle Shanahan made the right choice, which is, hey, give me the football first because I may be able to get that extra possession. And I agree with you. There's a lot of bad things that can happen even if you give the ball to the other team. They make one mistake, like Mahomes doesn't convert on fourth and one, you win. The Chiefs turn the ball over, you win. I get that. Here's why this is different. This is all different Because Pat Mahomes exists. (laughs) And I'm serious here. So here's why. Because my reasoning for why Kyle Shanahan screwed up, I don't think is the reasoning you've heard anywhere else. I don't think it's the popular reasoning. But when push comes to shove, to me, it's the right reasoning. I want to make sure that I just win this freaking football game. That I don't give Patrick Mahomes the opportunity to beat me. Now, you may say, but Evan, how does giving Mahomes the football first do that? I'll tell you why. I'm under the belief that if you give Pat Mahomes the football first after your defense just got dragged for the final two minutes of the first half and got dragged before that and got dragged before that, that I'm giving up a touchdown. I agree. I think the odds are pretty good that you're going to give the ball to Pat Mahomes and he's going to score a touchdown. I'm with you. Here's the difference. And Andy Reid knew this. And the Chiefs knew this. If the Kansas City Chiefs take the opening possession of overtime and do what we all think they're going to do and march down the field and score a touchdown, Mm -hmm. then I get the ball. And I have a chance to end it by scoring a touchdown and going for two and ending it and not giving Mahomes that third possession. That's the mistake you're all making. Okay, but isn't that worse? Why is that worse? I have a chance. To go for two and miss it? Like, wouldn't wouldn't that feel worse? That's the right decision. It's the right decision because any other decision you make gives Mahomes a better chance to beat you. That's the point. You're talking and we are talking about maybe the new goat, the baby goat, and you have to coach differently. (laughs) And this overtime rule, it is weird. It is funky. And I'm not going to lie to you. It took me time to even get to this point. I didn't have this opinion at 10 o'clock last night. But when I thought about it more and I put my head down on my pillow and I heard what Chief players said and I heard what Niner players said, and we'll play that for you in a few minutes, I realized that this, as unorthodox as it sounds, is the most likeliest way you're going to beat Pat Mahomes. Let him score that freaking touchdown because he's going to do it anyway. Let him march down the field. You know what I mean? I don't mean let him, but he's going to. Then I get the ball back. I score a touchdown. I go for two and I win, and guess who doesn't get the ball again? Pat Mahomes. This game's over, this Super Bowl's over, and I win. And if you think that idea is crazy, if you're sitting in your car right now or you're sitting at work saying Evans lost his mind, (laughs) here's the proof that I didn't lose my mind. You know who had the exact same game plan? You know who admitted after the game that that's what they were going to do? The Kansas City Chiefs. They were going to give the ball to the Niners first. If they had won the toss. If they had won the toss. They confirmed it. 
And if the Niners scored a touchdown, guess what the Chiefs were going to do? <laughs> and by the way, I think Kansas City doing that's a little crazy. I get it more if San Francisco does it. I think it makes sense if San Francisco does it. See, the problem with Kyle Shanahan, the reason and part of the reason why he's a loser who's blown how many big games now? Well, he's not it's a loser. He's won tons of games every single year. He, but he's an ultimate loser. He's a postseason loser. Because he can't win championships. You tell me all the head coaches that have blown double-digit leads in the Super Bowl and in the championship game. Because I've seen Kyle Shanahan coach teams do it now one, two, four times in his career. But that's a part of what his thinking was flawed. His thinking was ordinary. His thinking was plain. In this new world, against Pat Mahomes, he had to think bigger. And in my opinion, he damn effed this thing up, Tiki. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to there's no other way to look at it because they end up losing the football game. But but I mean, I feel like Kyle Shanahan had a philosophy, and it was to be aggressive. And he got away from it and started playing desperation OC football. What do I mean by that? It's I forget what fundamentals we do, which is run the football, which is make things easy for Brock Purdy. But in the in overtime, I think his philosophy went back to what he started with, which is let's take control. I, I'm not going to give or defer to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to take control of this game. We're going to go down and we're going to score. And if we don't, I'm going to rely on our defense, which was top three or top five in the NFL this year in scoring, and stop Pat Mahomes. The problem is they couldn't do it. They couldn't stop Pat Mahomes. So if if your argument is it's only because Pat Mahomes, then our then our ire, if you are if you so be the word to describe yourselves, because it's not ire for me, I think you just have to be at a resignation stage, the inevitable stage, that Pat Mahomes doesn't make mistakes in these moments. So how do you beat him if he doesn't make mistakes, T? How do you beat him? I just gave you the formula. It, it's unorthodox. You gotta, I admit you gotta, that. You got to hope that Isaiah Pacheco fumbles. You have to hope that someone runs a wrong route. Hope is not a strategy, T. I, I know it's not a strategy. So, but what I just laid out is not hope. What I laid out was if they score on the opening possession mm-hmm. and I get the ball, which I do based on these new rules, I have a chance to score myself and then end the game. Yeah, but and I, then win the game. But that's me, not a strategy of hope. That's a strategy of balls. And I admit it's ballsy, bro. I know that. I know it's unorthodox. But guess what? We live in a world in which we are competing. We're all competing with the mon- most unorthodox quarterback this sport has ever seen because he's that damn good. Mm-hmm. And the only way to beat someone that's that damn good is to show massive unorthodox cojones. And Kyle Shanahan didn't do that. And what I'm laying out right now, it doesn't apply to every team. It may not apply to the Jets in a postseason game next year, dare I say it, or to the Giants in a postseason game. But when I'm staring on the other side of the field and I see Pat Mahomes, and by the way, Kyle Shanahan should have been thinking about this for hours upon hours upon weeks and days because he knew this rule existed, we all did, and he knew for the last two weeks he was going to have to beat the very best. And that's the way to do it. It's not hoping for a Pacheco fumble, bro. That's not a strategy. Oh, I know it's not. But I'm just saying, if you're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, that's kind of what you got to hope for. Because he's not going to make mistakes. I'm just giving platitudes to Pat Mahomes. He doesn't make mistakes in moments. And whenever you need him to make a play, he makes that play. You remember the fourth down that you were talking about in overtime? It's fourth and one. Yeah. And I'm watching this game, and I get asked, what do you, what do you, what should you do here? And I'm like I don't I don't know. You got to do something zone readish, and I and I got back. Do you know how many design runs have been called for Pat Mahomes this year? Mm. Design runs. Do you know how many? I don't know. Zero. 
That was the first one. Are you serious? That was the first designed run. So every run he's had has just been off. It's all scrambles. Wow. They don't do quarterback sneaks with him. That's because crazy. he got hurt against the Cleveland Browns. That's crazy. Right? They talked about that on the broadcast. So they don't do the tush push. Right. They don't do any of that. One design run. And he runs it on fourth and one. And it's one. fourth and one. But by the way, <laughs> doesn't that make sense? Yes. It's the most critical moment in overtime. What call? What play are you going to call? The one that you're not expecting. Now, early in the game, and this is just a setup for this run, they ran outside zone left, and Nick Bosa comes flying down the line and makes a tackle. You remember that play? It was mm-hmm. early in the game. Nick Bosa cuts off from the backside. He's on his left side, goes all the way across, and makes the tackle. The formation was exactly the same. Exactly the same. Mm. Nick Bosa's lined up to that side. What do they do? They fake the handoff to Pacheco. They have Travis Kelsey's leaking out to the flat, so he's got to get covered by the corner. And what does Pat Mahomes do? He pulls it and picks up whatever he picked up, eight yards for the first down on fourth and one. Right? So I know I know what you're saying, that Kyle Shanahan erred by not taking the kick or not deferring the kickoff, allowing the Kansas City Chiefs to do whatever they're going to do, whether it's kick a field goal or go score a touchdown. And then now you have control, including potentially going for two. Mm-hmm. But the reality is there's a reason that the Kansas City Chiefs are a dynasty, officially a dynasty now, according to Sean, um, because he set the rules here. you got to win at least back one back-to-back. What, is he king of dynasty oh, over there? He is king of dynasty, but <laughs> his rule makes Greece. a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, you win back-to-back in right. three and or four or whatever in a certain amount of time. They are officially a dynasty. Why are they a dynasty? Because Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in the history of the NFL. I agree with you. There is no doubt about yeah. it. And it's, it's the same stuff that we talk about with Bill Belichick situational football. Yeah. Like, in situations that matter in games, what do you do? Yeah. Do you have a plan? Do you have a process of breaking it down? And the answer was absolutely yes for every well, moment that mattered in this game. All you're doing, City all you're doing, but, by the way, is I'm, proving me right, but, Tiki, because I agree with you. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not using that as a, as a, as a disparager of Kyle Shanahan. I know that Kyle Shanahan has his detractors. Hell, some people are saying he's terrible. You got to get rid of him. Are you kidding me? Kyle Shanahan is one of the great play callers and play designers in the NFL. He's also one of the great and, choke artists in and, NFL and, playoff history. But once he's one, okay, if you were the Jets, would you take Kyle Both Shanahan? Both can be true, Tiki. Both I, can I be agree. true. Would you take Kyle Shanahan? Yes. Right. Because ha- I want to get to the opportunity to choke in the Super Bowl. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yes, but Marv Levy, probably one of the great choke artists in all in the history of the NFL. Right? He hasn't blown double digit leads the way Kyle has. Uh, okay, but so Marv has. It, it's, all, it's, it's all context, man. You got to watch these games and see what actually went yeah, down. No, no, I'm giving you so, context. Has he contributed to their choking, Tiki? Yes, of okay, course. So then what? But, then there's and, context but, to it. But so did so did bad luck. With Drew Greenlaw tearing his Achilles. I get it. Hopping up and down, wanting to go into the football game. And now you have Odom, uh, what the heck his name is? Uh, of, I forget the backup, number 48. The backup is, I forget his last name now. Who who can't cover. I get and you. And now you got him trying to check Travis Kelsey. And then you're like, oh, wait, I got to pass that guy he- off to a corner that's coming across the field. And now Travis Kelsey's wide open on a critical moment when you're backed up on the one-yard line. Oren Burks. So, yes, Oren Burks. That's right. So, like, luck sometimes plays a part in this. Like, I can't sit here and disparage a guy 
who got to the Super Bowl for the second time in four years. Yes, he hasn't won one. I'm not putting him anywhere close to the pantheon of great coaches in the NFL. He is a great play caller. He is a great football mind. And he's done amazing things for the San Francisco 49ers, save win a Super Bowl. But what I am, what I can do is say Andy Reid has reached a point mm-hmm. where it, regardless of the moment, I know that he's going to have the answer. And Tiki, I'm glad you said that because here's why I know I'm right about this. Because I wasn't right at 10 o'clock at night. I want to be perfectly honest with you. When overtime started, and I'm doing what the rest of America is doing, which is saying, what are these rules again? Oh, yeah, they changed it a few years ago. My gut reaction was the reaction you had. They changed it last year. Yeah, uh, two (laughs) years ago. I think 2022. So, yeah, yeah, last year technically. (laughs) Whatever. I'm having the same reaction, but the more I digested it, the more I realized what you just said about Andy Reid is right. One of the reasons why Andy Reid's one of the great coaches of all time is he's prepared for every single situation. And he has his players prepared for every single situation. So here is the eureka moment I had as a football fan. I'm going to play you audio of Chris Jones of the Kansas City Chiefs. Last night after the game, talking about what the Chiefs would have done if they had the decision in overtime, and obviously in relation to what the Niners did, listen very carefully. For two weeks, we talked about the new overtime rule and how we was going to um, get the ball to the opponent. If we uh, if they scored, we was going for two at the end of the game. We kind of rehearsed it, and um, yeah. So let me get this straight. The head coach that we can all agree on this Monday morning, Monday afternoon, is now one of the greats of all time. Your words, he is prepared for every situation. Your words told all of his players, hey, guys, this may sound nuts, but I want you to hear me out on this. And we're the Kansas City Chiefs. We're facing Brock Purdy. Nice player. He ain't Pat Mahomes. (laughs) Hey, if we win the toss in overtime, we're going to give those bitches the ball. And then when we get the ball back... If a touchdown is there to tie it, no, no. We're going for two and winning it. That was the Chiefs' plan. And you know what? I'll admit it. I raised my hand. Andy Reid knows a billion times more football than me, which is why I didn't have that opinion until Chris Jones opened his mouth last night. And for me as a football fan, it was eureka. And I thought about it more. And I put my head down on the pillow. And I'm like, damn it. Not only was Andy Reid right, It actually makes even more sense for the Niners to do it than for the Chiefs to do it. Oh, that's that eureka moment, Evan. It's exactly why Kyle Shanahan was right. Why? Chris Jones just revealed the plans that wasn't answered last night. If Kyle Shanahan deferred instead of taking the ball, the Chiefs would have gotten the ball first. And we just heard what Chris Jones said. Andy Reid's gone through all of this. If the Chiefs go down and score, isn't it obvious what they were going to do on the first You think they're going for two? They're going for two. I don't know about that. Because here's what going for two, if you're the Chiefs, does. Number one is this. You want the game to end and be dictated on Patrick Mahomes' terms. He knows on the other side they got Christian McCaffrey sitting there at the two-yard line. The Niners, if they were to go back, they weren't going to hand Patrick Mahomes a short field if they match scores. They would have also went for two. So the only way to stop that is, on my initial blow, I'm going for two. And if and when I get that, you're screwed. Because now your two-point conversion can only match me, and then I get a short field to kick it. So Chris Jones playing that two-point game tells me if Kyle Shanahan deferred, they were going for two. The Niners were never going to have an opportunity to win the game in overtime if the Chiefs got it. And then guess what we're all doing today? How does Kyle Shanahan defer when he wins the coin toss? <laughs> That's, right. That's exactly what the debate I would be I don't know. You tell me, Tick. Do you think Andy Reid, based on that logic, would have went for two if they had the ball first? Because I don't know if I buy that. Probably. 
You think so? Probably. That does change my philosophy. Probably. By the way, it's still now 50-50. Because my attitude may be if I stop him from getting the two, then all I've got to do is score my touchdown I win. Well, here's the the challenge. And, again, this is an easy question to answer. Somebody's just got to ask Andy uh, Andy Reid. Would you have gone for two if you had, and again, it's a hypothetical that he probably doesn't want to play the game of because it doesn't matter. All it does is create an evaluation metric to look at Kyle Shanahan. And why does he want to disparage Kyle Shanahan? Because you know what the question is, is for. I think the reality of this is, is that Kyle Shanahan is a really good head coach. He is not ready to be on the level of Andy Reid yet. And we know it, and he doesn't have the quarterback to do it. Could Brock Purdy evolve into that? Could we get to the point in three years where we say, Brock Purdy? I, dude, this guy's like Tom Brady. This guy's like Patrick Mahomes. If he's got to go score points and, and uh, with the clock running down or in overtime or whatever the situation is, it's going to happen. But he's not there right now. And so Kyle Shanahan was not playing with the same deck of cards, no pun intended, being in Las Vegas, that, that Andy Reid was. When you're playing with Pat Mahomes in those critical moments and you know that a defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes on the other side, is going to be so jacked up that Kyle Shanahan's going to have to call timeout to calm his ass down. Think about that. Mm. That, This happened in this game. Kyle Shanahan called timeout to say, Steve Wilkes, you are not sending all-out pressure. Stop stop yourself. Calm yourself because you're going to get beat doing that. Andy Reid didn't have to worry about those things. Andy Reid didn't have to worry about his quarterback. Andy Reid doesn't have to worry about his best player, his tight end. He doesn't have to worry about all the things that Kyle Shanahan, with a not-so-solidified team yet, had to worry about. So I hear you. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I cannot and I will not disparage Kyle Shanahan for making a decision okay. that at the time I thought was right. Well, now, is it his fault for not fully understanding and not explaining to his team the overtime rule? Sure, but guess what? I didn't know that damn thing either. You're not a head coach in the NFL, right. though. But it's my job to know those things. I know, but I you're... didn't. I had no idea that the clock meant nothing in overtime. I had no idea. And as Tony tried to explain it, it was, it was, he was jumbling it. Right? It, I didn't, I didn't know what he was but saying. But I respect that it's you a, hold yourself to a high standard right. as a broadcaster. You're not a head coach in the league. It's more on them to know. No, but but no, but here's why it matters. Because if he did, if the team didn't know. You play defense differently when you think you have the clock as your ally. When the clock is not your ally, you play with a different kind of urgency. Like, we have to get a stop. It's not, let's just keep it in front of us and make sure they don't score a touchdown. The clock is going to run out in five, four, three, two, one seconds. That wasn't the case. It was, now that I look back on it, they were playing not to give up the touchdown. They weren't playing to make the stops. Right, mm. and so my, that's that's the only issue I have is not understanding that overtime rule, well, which is convoluted. And for those who still think it's convoluted, here it is: in overtime, both teams are re- are required to have a possession, and a possession can only end in four ways: a turnover, a turnover on downs, a field goal. Or touchdown. If neither one of those things occur, the possession continues. Therefore, in overtime in the playoffs, when the clock runs out, you just go to the next quarter. Mm. Right? So I didn't understand that. Most people didn't understand it. It was a little convoluted being explained. And I definitely think the 49ers defense had no c- clue 
that that was the case. Well, we've got audio proof that one franchise that played last night had absolutely no idea what the hell was going on, and one franchise was very prepared. You can guess which one was which. And we'll get to your calls next. Obviously, very heated coming out of this Super Bowl. Team take the ball, team give the ball. Toll-free numbers 877-337-6666. I get it. I get it. Last night, we were all confused. We are all like, oh, that's right. We have new overtime rules. How the hell does this work? But I'm going to present to you Exhibit A and Exhibit B. Exhibit A is the San Francisco 49ers, you know, the losers that lost last night. Here's Eric Armstead talking about the overtime rules. Take a listen. I didn't even know about the new overtime, uh, playoff overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. Um, yeah, I didn't even really even know what was going on in terms of that. I, they put on this, the scoreboard, and everyone was like, oh, even if you score, they get a chance still, so. Coaching staff ever approach that at all this week? Letting you guys know that if there is a time when it goes to OT, like these rules are different? I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't aware huh. of it. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. He had no mm-hmm. idea. How about Kyle Uzcheck? He's been around for a while. Well, did you know about yeah, it? Kyle? He's a Harvard kid. Yeah. You know what? I didn't even realize that oh. the the playoff rules were different in wow. overtime, so I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win, but I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really, I don't totally know the strategy there. Wow. Mm-hmm. No. No. No, we no. haven't talked about it. No. Yeah, we had no, well, why would we know? Why would we have any idea? So I give you two Niner players who are open. First of all, they should lie to protect Kyle Shanahan. They mm-hmm. should lie to every one of us and say, oh, yeah, we knew, we knew, and well, just try Kyle's to move not on. getting fired. It's not a fireball offense. I didn't say it was fireable, right. but it's pretty bad. It's 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 short sighted. It's what it is, because when you think about when you think about the the NFL Super Bowl, the last thing that you that comes to mind is is overtime. Now, if we want to consider what Vegas thought, then overtime should have definitely been on on the table. I know we kind of alluded to this on Friday. If this was a five-point spread or a seven-point spread or whatever it was, yeah, you're probably not thinking about overtime. But a two-point spread? You should always be thinking about overtime. You need to be prepared. I, yeah, but nobody thinks about oh, overtime. Oh, no, no one thinks about overtime. <laughs> hey, Patrick Mahomes, uh, did you know about overtime rules, buddy? We joke about it, but at the same time, uh, we talk about it like every week, especially in the playoffs. We have a guy come up and tell us all the different rules, so we weren't panicked. We were wow. ready to go, and that speaks to the coaches. They keep us prepared. Well, yeah, yeah, but, that. Okay, so hold on. We gotta say that. Okay, so to 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 take what he said and then infer that the San Francisco 49ers were panicked is BS. I'm not inferring they said it. I I, I understand that, but that's what people will hear. They'll he'll Pat Pat Mahomes say that and they'll say, Well, the, the 49ers were panicked. You see how they got outplayed? They weren't panicked. They they weren't aware, but I don't think they were taking it easy. Let's also forget. They didn't score a damn touchdown on their on their drive. That's because they didn't know the rules. They had no idea what the hell was going oh, on. Stop they, it. What are they gonna go for it on fourth down? But by the way, they should have. I'm glad you brought that up. But yes, yeah, they actually should have. Maybe fourth and four from the Kansas City nine, knowing if we kick a field goal, all the Chiefs have to do is go score a touchdown. Yeah, they should have gone for okay, it. Okay, play defense. Make a stop. They're not stopping him. Which, which they had done multiple times in this game. Not not at the end of the game, they didn't. The Chiefs scored on their last three possessions. Oh, yeah. I know. No, the last four. So so then what, the, the, it matters. <laughs> I know, but they didn't score early. Dude, in the this game. is, I'm sorry, this is indefensible. Like, the Niners yeah. are telling you they don't know what's going on. 
And the Chiefs are telling you they were, they talked about it all the time. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. Chiefs are a dynasty. Andy Reid's in the GOAT conversation. And Pat Mahomes wins back-to-back-to-back, something that's never been done, the three-peat. The fabled Michael Jordan three-peat that kept getting referenced last night by Tony Romo. If, that, if they should do that, then Pat Mahomes jumps Tom Brady. I'll tell you right now, <laughs> the Jets will have no clue about the overtime rule next year. <laughs> Robert Solo. And you know what? I'll That's be fair lie. about this. That's and, a lie. And your team, the Giants, will. Like, I think Brian Dable will actually have his guys prepared. Robert Solo will be clueless like Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> I, I mean, this is a problem. This is this, this is an indictment. What it feels like what? This feels a little overrated, Evan. What a the fact that you have no. Niners openly saying they Hold have on. no idea what the rules were? It's more important, by the way, that the coaches know the rules. And I'm pretty convinced Kyle Shanahan did by playing the possession game. There is a million things to worry about, your plays and everything. That is why you put trust in your coaches, call the right, right. plays, do all of that. We have a history in this league during the regular season where players that know the overtime rules, this, that, and the other thing. Of course the Chiefs were aware. The rule got implemented due to a Chief game. So Mahomes is going to speak all of that. You can't convince me that every single one of the 53 Niners didn't know the plays. And also, I don't think you practice the overtime scenarios. You practice your two-point play. You practice. It's just like continuing to play the game. I think it's completely overrated yeah. to say the players if weren't If the Giants were the Niners, I'm sure you'd be saying that very calmly today at 236. <laughs> I'm sure. Ah, it's okay. It's okay that Brian Dable had his team no, clueless. No big deal. Sometimes no big you deal. just lose to Patrick Mahomes. How about that? It has nothing and again, to do with the To rules. me, that's what, it, that's what this comes down to. Pat Mahomes, when he has to go make plays, has to go make a drive and win a game, he does it 90% of the time. He does it. it, it and it, when he doesn't, it's because the refs cheat him, as we <laughs> saw against the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Right? So it's, it's, it's one of those things. I guess that wasn't a cheat. I guess it was actually a good call. It's just you don't call it. You know what I mean? But, I get you. I get but, you. But, like, this is what Pat Mahomes does. He does not make mistakes. It's unbelievable. It's because I watch football. I watch a lot of football, a lot of football, and it's inevitable that any great player is going to make a mistake. You're just like, all right, he's gonna, he's going to screw up. I can just see it coming. Right, he's going to fumble that ball. Oh, he's going to throw this one behind him. He's not going to make. Th- I don't think that with Pat Mahomes. I see Pat Mahomes, and I and I say the complete opposite. No matter what happens, he's going to make the right play. Right, it's and it's it's uncanny how he does it. Yeah, especially in the biggest moment. Let's get to your calls. A lot of heated opinions on this, plus many other aspects of this game from last night that we'll get to as the show rolls on. Matt is on Long Island. How are you, Matt? Hey guys, what's going on, Evan? I 100% agree with you, and I wanted to add one thing. In, yes. in, in the regular season, what makes it so obvious that you're taking the ball, you want to receive the ball first, is because you have the first opportunity. Insulted me to end the game with the touchdown. Right, you get now, an extra night, possession. Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan gave the Chiefs the first sudden death opportunity. You're right that he would have had one after, but the first opportunity to end the game in their control was given to Pat Mahomes. He knows exactly how many points he needs to get to either make the game go on or win the game. You handed Pat Mahomes the first opportunity to have full control of when this game ends. You handed him that advantage. You can't give a guy like that any additional advantages. Yeah, but I think like I know what I know what uh, Chris Jones said. But is Andy Reid really going to go for two? If wait, which if, part? If, if, if the if, if the Forty ers 
if the 49ers scored a touchdown, score a touchdown, yes, they kick the extra point, yes, and Andy Reid has this like struggle to get down the field, but Pat Mahomes makes a miraculous play. He's really gonna go yeah, for. I tell you why. By the way, that part I agree with Andy. Where I would actually differ with Kansas City is I think they're good enough where I wouldn't give San Francisco the ball first because my attitude would be if I get the ball first and I score a touchdown and they score a touchdown and don't go for two, all I gotta do is get the ball back and I win. But yeah. I'll tell you why they go for two. Because as good as Kansas City's defense has been all season long, just let's get to that situation. Niners score a touchdown. They're up by seven. They kick the extra point. Jake Mooney doesn't have it blocked. And let, let it not be lost. That was a huge moment in this game, too. Enormous. That's the game. We'll get, we'll get to it. There's a lot of moments from this game. And by the way, Jay Feely didn't have much of a role in the broadcast because he was the third sideline reporter for the CBS uh, with Washburn and, and obviously Tracy Wilson. Mm-hmm. But after the Moody missed field goal, like his report was perfect. Yeah, no, very good. It's exactly what you wanted to hear from a kicker who's done this before. No question about it. it is, you easily could have said, oh, yeah, this was a great defensive play by whoever. Whoever, I don't know who blocked it. Instead, he, was, he said, this is on Moody. Yeah. Who doesn't right? miss extra points, by the, the way? The snap was high, and he drove it yep. instead of lifting it. Because it's too short of a fee. You don't need to drive that kick. Just, right. just get it through the upright. So imagine the Niners score a touchdown on the opening possession of overtime. They kick the extra point. They're up by seven. And now Kansas City marches down the field. Same thing. McCall Hardman ends up in the end zone. They're down by one. You have a choice if you're Andy Reid. Now think about this in simplistic terms to answer that question of, do you think they would have gone for two? Mm-hmm. If you go for two, the ball is in the hands of our modern-day GOAT. <laughs> and if he gets it, they win the Super Bowl. Right. If he doesn't, you lose. Kind of like your chances, balls in the hands of Mahomes. If you kick the extra point, you're now putting the entire season in the hands of a defense that, as good as it is, is not Patrick Mahomes. So you're <laughs> damn right, I believe, Chris Jones. You're damn right, I believe, Patrick Mahomes, that if the Niners scored a touchdown and the Chiefs got the ball back and scored a touchdown themselves, they're going for two. What I don't believe and we're never going to know the answer, Sean, so it's one of those fights we can have, none of us know, is that if they got the ball first, would they have gone for two? I'm skeptical of that. Well, I would say this. Whether you're skeptical or not, knowing what we know now and seeing how it played out, and every opponent thing matters, I think that's the way to play this overtime, personally. Let's go to AJ and Lincroft. How are you, AJ? Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I'm a Jets fan, so I don't want to overly defend Kyle Shanahan, but I'm not... I'm not blaming him for this game. You know, number one, he's easily a top five coach in the NFL, and I would sacrifice my left ring finger for him. <laughs> um, the, n- number two, if it wasn't for the the muffed punt and the mixed extra point, they win this game. We're not having this conversation. Right. It comes down to sl- it comes down to slaying the dragon and Patrick Mahomes, which they couldn't do. If it's any other quarterback, the Niners are winning that game. It comes down to slaying Patrick Mahomes. And to be very, it's a very tall task for any other team to do that. So I'm not, I'm not blaming the sunshine. So, yeah. Look, I mean, look. Kansas City came out, and I said it before. There's three different. There's there's many different ways to look at it. I look at it old school. It's about control. It's not turning the football over. It's about the like, uh, field position, and it's about possessions, 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 possessions. The Chiefs ended up having one extra possession in this game. Because they had one extra possession in the second in the second half, right? They started with possession and they ended with possession. So the chief, but the Chiefs come out at halftime, and the Forty ers dominate them, 
dominate them. They get an interception. They don't get any points out of it, unfortunately. They go three and out. The Chiefs then go three and out, and they punt. They go nine plays, and they kick a field goal. They go three and out, and they punt. Yeah. And that's when the game changed. Yeah. Because the one play touchdown, that's the extra possession, right? That's the possession that gave the Kansas City Chiefs the edge over the 49ers, and they couldn't recover from it because they, they're just not good enough. They're not, they're, not that, they're not that much better than the Kansas City Chiefs to overcome that mistake in that moment because there had been three turnovers in this game already. None of them had resulted in points. So wash them. They don't, they don't even matter. They're just possessions that turn into giving the ball back to the other team. But as soon as... A turnover, and this was the muff punt that Raymond McLeod tried to pick up after it hit um, uh, Luton's foot. Mm-hmm. When he tried to pick it up, as opposed to just falling on it, that turnover that resulted in points was what doomed the 49ers because they couldn't recover from it. And they still could have won. And they still could have won yeah. because it went to overtime. All of those things you're right about, but they still could have won the football game. Like, no one is suggesting you lose a game because of one person or necessarily one moment. There's a lot of things that add up to a loss. So I'm not even disputing with the things that you pointed out from this game. You're right. But when you look at overtime and you look at the situation that's handed to you, A, I want my players to know what the hell's going on. One team had players that had no idea what was going on. The other team that did. And I think you've got to make the best decision for your team with possessions, with two-point conversions, and knowing what gives me the best chance to beat this all-time great team. They can do it. All right, so we got to get to something now because we've talked about this for 45 minutes now. The new NFL overtime rule in the playoffs is nonsense. Oh. It's absolute nonsense. Really? Okay. To make the clock mean nothing is nonsense. So you think the clock should have ended the game? The clock has to end the game. I understand why they do it this way because you want to be fair, but it takes all urgency out of football. And think about think about some of the greatest moments in the NFL. It's end of half hail marys mm-hmm. or end of half urgency to get a get in the field goal position. We got to move the ball forty yards, get to the thirty five yard line, run the kicker out there, kick a field goal. We go into halftime. We have momentum. That's urgency. Why? Because there's a clock ticking down. Let's think about the end of games. You just, oh, God, we're down by six. We got to move the ball up and down the field, right? Don't throw it in the middle. Think about this. I do this because we call, I've called games and said this. You can't throw the ball in the middle of the field. You don't have any timeouts. It's got to be to the sideline. Oh, my God, what are you doing running back? Just don't get out of bounds, man. Don't go inside to try to get extra yards. There's urgency because there's a clock. You get into overtime in the playoffs, and you take all of that and you just throw it away. Mm. All right, you're guaranteed a possession. If your possession takes, you know, 22 minutes, good luck, right? Because guess what? The other team's going to get a possession too. The clock has no purpose. Right. Like, I hate that. Because football, in my mind, is it's competing against the component, uh, the opponent. But it's also competing against, like, these forces that constrain you, right? And it's the field, it's the, it's the officials, and it's the clock, in overtime in the in the NFL playoffs, they have neutered the clock, and it makes no sense to me. No, I got you. It makes absolutely. It turned out not to no matter sense. though. It didn't matter because the play design was was genius. You go in that return motion, that quick short return motion, and you get Nicole Hardman confusing the defense because they think they're passing it off interiorly. Instead, he still had him, and he comes back out, and it's easy playing the flat. By the way, they're in the same thing in the fourth quarter against the Eagles uh, last year. So, like. You 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 love the play call and it didn't matter, 
but the clock had no purpose. It was weird that the clock had no purpose. I, I hated that. I hated that. <laughs> but to, to be fair to these rules, this has the, the clock has been this way in overtime in the NFL playoffs forever. The, the clock has never meant anything. We've had double overtime before in the playoffs. It comes down to the however you determine the winner. No, 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 no. Hold no, on. You got no, that completely no, no, wrong. No, no, no. Hold because Tiki, they would have been up by time three at the end of one regular time out. overtime. If, that, if, if, if Miko Hardman gets tackled, Sean, listen to me. Uh-huh. If Miko Hardman gets tackled on the two-yard line as opposed to scoring a touchdown, the clock runs out. Right. The game is over. No, no, no. This Guys, this is not new to these overtime rules. I just looked this up. In overtime in the playoffs, it is stated it is you're, you're playing you're this like the game, Sean. Because it happened in '71. It's not tied. The, the game was tied, Jackass. Yes, yes. this game this wouldn't game have been was tied. Not tied. But it's always been this Sorry way. For what, what's with the name calling? Look, Sean, I'm, I'm not Sean, trying to fight. Sean, Sean, not I know what you're saying. No, you're not listening no, you're to not. what I'm saying. The 49ers had a three-point lead. Yes, right. So the the Chiefs run this play. This 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 the slip route into the flat. Correct. They run this play. Let's say that the cornerback tackles him on the two-yard line, and the clock runs out. Right? That's overtime's over. Okay. The 49ers win the football game. Right? <laughs> the reason it, they didn't, even if he had been tackled, is because the new rule neuters the clock. Right. The new rule says you have the football until your possession is over. There are four ways for that to happen. As I said earlier, a turnover, a turnover on downs, a field goal, or a touchdown. But the clock meant nothing. And I, that's what and, I'm railing on. And no, by no, the way, I'm before, railing before, on the fact that the okay. clock means and nothing. And before you continue, Sean, yes, there's been double overtime games in NFL playoff history. Uh, when in 1971 the Dolphins played a double overtime game, or when the Jets and Browns played a double overtime game in '86, the game was tied. Okay, no, Evan, so Tiki's Evan. point is that literally, if that clock runs out. A team would have been ahead going into <laughs> Listen, a second overtime. I, I want to make this very clear. That makes I, no sense. Of course. I, I agree with Tiki. I wish the clock had drama. All I am saying is these particular rules, the clock part that you're bringing up is only highlighted because of the chance to match or take the lead. What I am saying is even when it was a field goal wins in overtime and that's how you ended it, <sighs> these rules still apply. No, no, where when 15 minutes yeah, yeah, rolled yeah, out Sean, the game. Sean, 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 Sean. If the game is still tied at the end of overtime in a playoff game, they were never calling it a tie. Of course the game had to continue. With Tiki, see, you're annoying me. Because you're not getting it. Tiki's making a salient point, which I kind of agree with. (laughs) Which is, how could you go to a second overtime with a team ahead of another team? Like, do you remember the Ravens-Broncos overtime game, double overtime game at Mile High? Yes. Do you know what the score was at the end of the first overtime? I don't remember. It was tied! Evan, no kidding, no crap, Sherlock. That's not what I'm saying, and I agree with Tiki's point. My point is simply this. It's only highlighted now because of the rules, and I agree with Tiki. We should make the clock part of it. But you're thinking it more logistically, overtime, double overtime. Whether it's 1993 or 2017, they have started overtime with the same said. Think of this as a new game. Your overtimes are viewed as quarters. Okay, but hold on. So it wouldn't be till the end of the fourth overtime that the clock mattered. What? Oh my God! Oh my You've God. annoyed Tiki. Go kiss ass. Yeah, you can say, "Oh my God, that's, that's how it true. works." That's not. That's you're not Sean. making any sense, okay. Sean. That's not true. Don't li- don't don't listen to him. Don't I, listen it's to a him. thousand percent true. But it's not true, Sean. If the game ends in overtime, if the if if the 49ers, if the 49ers had got the football and they had gone down and kicked a field goal, let's say that the Kansas City Chiefs they come back. They kick a field goal. It is now uh, sudden death, right? And that game goes into the t- 
time the clock expires, it goes into the second overtime. Right. Right? But <laughs> if the 49ers go and kick a field goal and the and the Kansas City Chiefs come back and they don't kick a field goal on their initial possession, that game goes also into second overtime. Sure. And it's sh- my point is all I'm saying is that it shouldn't. The okay. clock should matter. So if that's the case, and I again I agree the that clock the clock should matter. Should matter. Then it shouldn't be 15 minutes. Why? It's got to be longer. No. Because now, no, no, now you're putting, t- again, too much value on the coin toss, which was the point of, of this new rule to begin aye, with. Aye. What? What? Because sense. if you win the toss and then you take the ball, yes. all right, and you score, yeah. and let's say you have that long drive and you give them a short amount of time, that's the whole point. Now it's too much emphasis on winning the coin toss, which is what we're avoiding with these new rules. Oh, yeah, You've annoyed Tiki. Yeah, you have. Yeah, I'm not annoyed Tiki. Annoyed Tiki and Evan. Right. You're annoyed both of us equal amount. My, my point is... I understand your point, by the way, the and clock, I, I the get what you're saying. The clock means nothing, and that frustrates me. Yeah. You know what was so weird about this? So this is obviously the first ever game we had of this overtime rule that they created in 2022. We'll call it the Josh Allen's a big baby rule. Is that fair? Can we call it that? Yeah, that works. Josh Oh, no. So it's all new to us. And, yeah, I think as we all sat down for that overtime, we're all like, okay, so how does this work? Because we haven't seen it yet. And I wasn't even thinking about it until Tony tried to explain it. And I was like... (laughs) What in the hell is he talking about? Well, <laughs> when overtime started, I remembered, oh, yeah, we have these new rules. Yes. Even if you score a touchdown the way the Patriots did in 16 against Matt Ryan or the Patriots did against the Chiefs in the AFC title game of 18, right. the game isn't over. Yes, because the other team is guaranteed a possession. What I didn't understand is that the possession is not governed by the clock. Right. Which I didn't even realize. Like as the clock was running down, I'm starting to think out loud. How does this work? Yes, and, and so then Tony I, starts trying to explain it. Right, and I agree with you. You take away the urgency. Look, I don't love these overtime rules. I didn't love it when they changed it a year ago. But we live in a world in which you have to react to it, and you've got to put yourself in the best position to win with the rules you have. In my opinion, Kyle Shanahan didn't do that. We'll take more of your calls coming up at 877-337-6666. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, man, what a freaking Super Bowl. What a shot. I couldn't have been the only one that couldn't sleep last night. When that game ended, I was so fired up just as an American, just as a human being. That I'm sitting there, I'm watching every post-game show. I'm on YouTube watching more post-game shows. I'm debating in my head Kyle Shanahan's decisions in overtime. I'm not kidding, Tiki. I fell asleep at 2.30 last night. That's how enamored I was by the Super Bowl. Are you guys, were you guys like that or are you going to fall asleep like babies? No. 
I watched uh, an episode of True Detective. What? I was watching Vanderpump Rules. Shotzi, you got to stop crying or Sazi, whatever the hell her name is. I Annoying. Two, I eat two pounds of macaroni salad and watch every press conference. I <laughs> told so me and you were the yes, same. Exactly. <laughs> I just couldn't get enough of I'm it. I'm a loser. It's not even being a loser. It's that that was, and I don't think this is a discussion for today, maybe in a couple of days, maybe in a couple of weeks. Because I think you need to let something amazing and something incredible kind of marinate before you determine where it falls in history. But that was one of the most memorable Super Bowls of all time. Like, it's certainly up there. And I couldn't get enough of it. I was stunned by every aspect of it. There were so many angles of it. And then this morning, McCall Hardman, the former Jet, with his one reception from this past season, was on... I think it was Good Morning America. What's the show with Robin Roberts? Which uh, morning show did... That's a good uh, CBS This Morning. That's CBS This Morning? Yeah. You sure about that? Yeah. Okay. I think it's With good Robin morning. Roberts? Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, that's Good Morning America. I, that's right. All right, I'm thinking of Gail King. Okay. <laughs> so Robin Roberts, my cousin, by the way, I should know what show she's on. That's a bad job out of me. She'll be mad she's at me. Strahan. She'll be mad at me at our next... Uh, family, Robert's skeptic. Family outing? Yes. <laughs> she had McCall Hardman on... Here's audio of McCall Hardman making fun of Kyle Shanahan. Whenever they took the ball, they uh, received the ball, that's when I was like, hmm. <laughs> I don't know if they should have did that one because now you're just going to give us, you know, the the formula of what we need to do to win the game. So uh, I think that's kind of was the, the mistake in there. But, you know, they keep the field goal we needed to score, and that's what we did. Look at that. Mm. Even McCall Hardman knows that Kyle Shanahan screwed up by yeah, saying, let's take the ball first. Yeah, but that didn't sound as, like... I don't know, succinct and, and like, specific as, as as the previous. Uh, who was that? That was uh, Patrick Mahomes? No, no. Who said it before? Chris Jones? Chris Jones. That wasn't as clear as Chris Jones. Yeah, you want to know why it wasn't that clear? I have a reason for it. There's actually a medical condition for it. <laughs> Which is? McCall Hardman was still suffering from jetisms. He was a jet for how many months? He was clouded by coaches who don't tell him about rules. God, and trust stop. me, Robert Sala never brought up the playoff overtime rule in any meeting. They didn't need to. They, right, yeah. A- Andy Reid has been in it so many times that he knew to bring up the overtime rules. He did. they had changed. And remember. And you got to give him credit for that. Keep this in mind. The reason why I believe Kyle Shanahan screwed up by taking the ball first was simply... If you give Kansas City the ball first and they score a touchdown, yeah. you have the ability to score a touchdown too, go for two, win the game, yeah. and I, that's it. But I think, and to me, that's the reason why Kyle Shanahan screwed so up. So I think you're you're thinking like steps of steps ahead mm-hmm. of why you take the call. I'm thinking in the in the immediacy of the game why it benefited uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and not the 49ers. I. I mean, the, the 49ers have said multiple players, we didn't know the rules. Right. And so, to me, that tells in my, in my, in my mind, they're saying, all we have to do is stop them. The clock's going to run out. Mm-hmm. We're ahead at the end of overtime. Like, they're not thinking about Yeah, but that's that. not a good answer. That's saying they didn't I know what the, what the hell was going on. They didn't know what the hell was going on. Well, then on. Kyle Shannon screwed up. Of course he did. Thank to you. me, that's more, that's more the issue. Forget the taking the ball. Um, it, it, with the overtime corn toss, that's just having confidence in your offense to go down and do what's necessary and go score and win and then trusting your defense. To me, not knowing what the overtime rules were, and I admit it, I didn't either, mm-hmm. I, I, in, in the playoffs, then your defense is playing to like to guard the goal line. They're not playing to get a stop and get them off the field, realizing that this thing will keep going until their possession 
the operative word being possession, until their possession ends, this game isn't over. I felt like the 49ers were playing to not let them score until the clock ran out. Mm. So, like, that's the only issue I have with not understanding the new playoff rules because I didn't know that. Let's go to Robbie in East Brunswick. Good afternoon, Robbie. How you doing, Evan? Hey, listen, let me say, you just totally lost your mind. How's that? And don't hang up on me. How'd I lose my mind? All right, well, listen, you want to go for two. Yeah. What happens if you don't make two when you lose the Super Bowl? You would be like the most ridiculous Robbie, coach Robbie, in the history Robbie, of the so world. you mean like Andy Reid? Because that's what Andy Reid was going to do. I want to get that I straight. No, no, don't tell me what he was going to do. That's what they said he was going to do. That's what they said. He did not do it. Robbie, if you're gonna Robbie, do this, Robbie. And when you lose, you tell me. Robbie. Where are you? Robbie. Tell me, where are you? Robbie. You extend the game. Roberto. You extend the game. Robbie. You, and if he beats Robbie. You, he beats Let's have you're a nice conversation. Okay. Robbie, do you're you an idiot. Okay, you're an idiot. No, I'm an idiot. No, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. No. All right, you okay. are Forget Robbie. the name calling. Do you think Andy Reid's an idiot? That gets annoying, Robbie. Do you think I, Andy Reid's an idiot? I hung up on him. Oh, you did? Because he called no. me an idiot? No, it's just, it's like, stop. Because he's not Have a conversation. Look, here's the conversation. Andy Reid is the one that changed my mind. Okay? When I'm sitting there watching overtime, I had the same simplistic thought that Kyle Shanahan had and a lot of people out there had. I admit that. But when I heard Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes after the game reveal that, hey, we had been coached about this for weeks, and our plan was to give them the ball first, and then if they scored a touchdown and we scored a touchdown, we're going for two, that made me realize, wow, that's a great game plan. Yeah. And I admit, that didn't come from Evan's brain. It came from Andy Reid's brain. So if you want to call up and say, I'm a moron, or I've lost my mind, that's fine. I can take it. Just understand, you're saying the same thing about Andy Reid. I agree with Andy Reid. I think he's right. I think a part of why Tiki's one of the great coaches of all time is he looked at a situation that I, as a simpleton, did not see until it was explained by them. (laughs) He's right. No, of course he's right. And so I'm opening my mouth on this Monday, and I'm telling you guys, hey, here's why Shanahan was wrong. Here's what he should have done. And the reason I feel this way is because Andy Reid was right. So whether I'm a moron or not, maybe I am. Maybe I'm a moron for other reasons. I believe Andy Reid had the right thought process. He did, but we will never know if he was actually going to do that. Because we can't revise how the game ultimately played out. Do you think he lied to his players? Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea. But we don't know because he wasn't in that situation. Maybe we'll get a playoff situation where Andy Reid is in overtime, even though it doesn't happen a ton in the postseason. Again, this is the second ever overtime Super Bowl game, and the last one was only a few years ago. 2016. Yeah, it just doesn't happen. It's an interesting thought process, but to actually do that in the moment when the game is on the line, I I mean, well, who knows? Here is. And and the only reason that it's a talking point Mm -hmm. is because it's, it's currently being used to criticize Kyle Shanahan. No, no, I'll that, tell you why that's, talking that's, about. That's, that's my problem with I it. disagree with you, though, Tiki. I think the reason it's a talking point is because Patrick Mahomes said this. Yeah, we were going to kick if yeah. we got it. So, I mean, they get, they let us know what, exactly. what we're going to do so we can go for it on that fourth down. Now, we talk about those situations all the time. I mean, we, we change the rules, so, I mean, we can execute them on both ways. I don't all know right how they're going to change it this time. All right, now. That's why it's a talking point. Because Patrick Mahomes and how about his cheerleader, Travis Kelsey, in the background. (laughs) All right, now. 
I, I seriously, okay, Jay, hype man. This became a talking point because Travis they Kelsey can't... would be a great hype, a great wrestler. Oh, he'd be fantastic. <laughs> he would seriously, be. he was he was awesome on the mic with Jim Nance, <laughs> and he attacks old men too on the sidelines. <laughs> so they can run that in WWE <laughs> as well, right? But I think the reason this is a talking point is because the Kansas City Chiefs have so brazenly revealed their strategy. Mm-hmm. That's why it's a talking point. I don't think I – look, I am not coming into work looking to criticize Kyle Shanahan. Right. I couldn't give two rats' asses about Kyle Shanahan. I call things like it is, and obviously he's choked in a lot of big spots, and eventually fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times, fool me four times. You have to make a judgment on what kind of head coach he is in a big spot. Yeah. And there are four examples, one as a coordinator, three as a head coach, where his team has blown huge leads. Those are just facts. Yeah. No, I mean, it is what it is. And, you know, the coaching decisions in those critical moments determine whether or not you win Super Bowls or you don't. It makes you great or it doesn't. This is the Bill Belichick thing, and it's been talked about so many times. He is the greatest situational football coach we've ever seen. And Andy Reid is now starting to approach that. No question. Because he he knows exactly what to do in all these perfect situations. And none more important than the winning touchdown to Nicole Harmon. I was just listening to him with Peter King. So he's basically giving Peter King the play call, mm-hmm. like what it was. And he it's like Tom and Jerry, Tom and Jerry Wright. <laughs> right? It was it was Tiger Twelve, which put Miko Harbin in the game. And they had this shuttle motion, X shuttle motion, which is the motion that comes back, comes across, but then goes back. And the reason they were able to do this is because all throughout this game, in 12 personnel, the 49ers would respond with base. So they would put like three linebackers in the game which means one of your wide receivers is being covered by a linebacker. But in this game, they lost Drew uh, uh, Greenlaw. And so they had Logan Ryan, who they picked up off the street. It was on a cruise like, mm. like eight weeks ago, and he was in the game. Once a giant, always a giant, am I right? right? He was, but he was more a patriot. That's where he won his championships. <laughs> no, but he, he came here with Joe Judge. But my point is he was on the street for – 12 weeks of the season, and he comes in, and now he's in this critical moment in the Super Bowl, and he gets lost. He gets lost as a one-way play. Andy Reid called it perfect for the advantage that they had because of the personnel issues that the 49ers have. Jay is in Manalapan. How you doing, Jay? I'm all right. Evan, you got to explain to me why nobody says anything about Nick Bosa being bear-hugged. Which play? Like, why do I need... Which play? Which play? Well, there was the one at the end, on the third down when they were close to the end zone. He was literally bear hugged. Like there's a video of it. Like I, I, I watched it ten times. It okay. makes me nuts that they don't call that. And then I need Sterator to come on and tell me that that's a good flag when Ayuk gets hit in the face. Like my kid knows that's a penalty. Are you? Are you <laughs> complaining about the? I'm worried zone? about, and, and it also bothers me why they can't bring it up. Nancy Romo just pretend that they don't see the guy getting bear hugged. Right. I think. It, I think. Every I, play. Th- I felt it's like ridiculous. it. Was, I felt like it was a directive. A directive to not bitch about the officials. No. To, <laughs> I mean, how many penalties were in this game? There like, weren't a lot, and I thought it was a well. Five. I thought it was a well officiated was, game. Was, I got to yeah, tell you, I agree. And it was really just the obvious ones, right? Until overtime, and they called the defensive holding by the corner. That was the first time I looked up at a replay on McDuffie. On McDuffie, right. and that was a and significant way, was a penalty. Good, it was a good. It was a good call, right. I agree. Right. But that clicked with me. I'm like, wait a minute, they right. stayed out of this right. whole game. I haven't seen anything. Yeah. I haven't seen anything, and that was a critical moment because it was third down. Right. 
and they would have punted. Oh, yeah, that was but, I mean, that changed everything. I mean, well, the Chiefs would have won. It just would have been easier. Exactly. That was the game, <laughs> right. basically. Yeah. It, it just extended I, the game. I thought, look, and you can go back to individual plays. So I'm sure our last caller can send me videos and pictures of, hey, this should have been a hole, that should have been a hole. You could do that over the course of any NFL game. But I really thought that last night's game was a well-officiated game. I didn't think there was anything catastrophic or controversial. Well, i got to tell you, Evan, there was like, there was like 12 officials on the field. Did you see this? It seemed that way. So there was there was the, the, the stripes, like the zebras, right, right. which is the normal seven. I think there are seven of them. But then there was like three on each sideline and like the black-coated officials. And they were there to help the communication mm. from the head referee to the sidelines. And did you see the fight? There was almost a fight. I forget when it was, right before halftime maybe? It was right at the end of the first half. Right yep. at the end of the first half. All of a sudden, like... Like eight officials. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, yes. where the hell did all these officials come from? Yes. So that's that's probably why it was so well officiated. There was a play early in the game when Rasheed Rice literally threw the ball forward to Watson, and nobody said anything on the broadcast. They didn't call a flag. He threw the ball. They were like, oh, he must have fumbled it. No, he no, threw no, the yes. ball they, forward. They, 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 they said it on the broadcast. Oh, they, like they, the second play of the game. How yeah, is yeah, that yeah. not a penalty? He literally threw it forward. I understand letting right. holds go, but that's egregious. Because it, it looked play. like a fumble. It looked like a fumble. I, like I, went a back, fumble. I went back and watched it. They, there was one play in this game, and it turned out to not matter. But I went back, because I went back and looked at that, what you said. Uh, And the reason I went back on it is because they did bring it up on the broadcast and say it looks like, I think Tony Romo said, it looks like he's throwing the ball forward. All right, my bad on that one. When I looked at it again, it looked like a clear fumble. But I'm going to tell you the exact moment, and you can go back on this game. In fact, there are people on social media trying to make this a conspiracy against the NFL. When was it? It was the final drive of regulation where Kansas City tied the game. So on the very first play, minute 53 to go, Patrick Mahomes throws to Travis Kelsey for what appears to be about a 12-yard game. Appears to be a first down. Yeah, I write down in my little notes, plus 12, first down. All of a sudden, on the next play, what we think is first down, Mahomes runs for three. Because we later find out they only gave him nine yards on the catch. And it looked like he got 12 or 13. Yeah, he was clearly past the 35. So they marked him they, short. They so marked when it Mahomes, at the 29 and a half. So when Mahomes ran for three on the next play, and this is what's been isolated on social media, it's like, hey, wait a second. It's first down. How are they giving the Chiefs another first down? When the truth is no, they shortchanged the Chiefs on first down by saying Kelsey was short. Yeah. It was not a nine-yard gain. It was a 12-yard gain. And so then that Mahomes three-yard run looked weird. Now, it didn't matter. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it made no difference. But that was the only play where I had to go back and say, what the hell did I just see? That doesn't make any sense. Right. But that was a two-minute offense. I mean, they were going to get first downs anyway, so they kind of just let it go. It turned out not to matter. It didn't matter. But you're right. Let's I- go to Gary in Ridgewood, New Jersey. What's up, Gary? Hey, I was wondering if there's any way that Bad Kiki could possibly explain the times to Sean because it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy him a new watch, an Apple Watch with a big display, so he can <laughs> see it and count it down himself. Oh, thanks, guys. All right, thank uh, you, Gary. Right. Ah, good payoff, it's funny Gary. during the uh, commercial break, I was <laughs> very calmly talking to Sean about his whole argument with me and Tiki about the clock and overtime. Uh huh. And. He still didn't get it. And his answer was, but Twitter agrees with me. No, no, no. All I my mentions say Evan and Tiki are morons. Now you're, you're, yeah, you're being an idiot. First of all, I said, at the crux, we all three of us agree the time should have. My only point about this whole stupid thing is this wasn't part of the new rules. It's only 
uh, hyper-looked at now because of the way they changed it with the possession. Yeah, in the past, when there's been double overtime, I think there's been six or seven NFL games in history that have gone to double overtime. A few jump out at me. Jets-Browns, obviously, Mm -hmm. a little bit before my time, but I certainly know about it. Most of them regular season. No, 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 no. There's no regular season double overtime. There's a tie if overtime ends. So it's they're all postseason. Because if overtime ends... Oh, double double overtime. Double overtime. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. There's been six or seven double overtime games. There's a Miami game from 1971. There's the Bronco-Raven game, which is the only one in my lifetime, Mm -hmm. which is 2012, the year that the Ravens won the Super Bowl, the double overtime game. And I mentioned Jets-Browns, and I think there's like, there's three others. They all got to a second overtime because nobody scored. Right, and those overtimes were 10 minutes? Is it, that no, was, it was always 15 minutes. Those were 15? The 10-minute rule is new, and it's only for the regular season. Got it. Which is Got just it. convoluted so and so great. Why does that make any sense? It doesn't. That's why. That's <laughs> the only reason I know the reason overtime is 15 minutes, because it's supposed to appear like you're starting a new game with quarters. That was my point. It is not ideal, and I understand that three of the four major sports have this. Okay, The NBA is the only one that comes scot-free on this. But the NHL and the NFL and Major League Baseball have different overtime slash extra inning rules for the playoffs than they do the regular season. And I hate that. Mm. I just genuinely hate that. Now, I get it. Hey, in hockey, are you going to have a shootout in overtime in the playoffs? I know Sean wants it. I think most of us would say that's crazy. I get that. In baseball, come on. We got to stick a guy in second base. They should never even do that. And that's a new rule. And obviously, football has now evolved over the last few years. But it does bother me to my core, Tiki, that the rules of overtime and extra innings are different in the postseason than they are in the regular well, season. The, the, and again, you're right. But the thing that bothers me the most is that it's it's in a vacuum. There's nothing constraining it. It's like in the it's like in space. There's no border. There's nothing. It's just it just keeps going until your possession ends. Yes, and that makes no sense to me. Time has to mean something. Let's go to Jr. in Ozone Park. What's up, Jr.? Hey, how you doing today? I got two questions. One question is: uh, Kansas City kicks the ball down down the field. The ball's up in the air. What are the odds of that ball hitting the hitting the player in the ankle? That's one. The second <laughs> one is when the when the guy when the guy out when the player goes up for the overtime toy toy toss toy 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 toss. Yes. Yeah. Uh, does he Warner. go there with directions of saying we're going to get the ball, yes. or is it yes. the decision of yes. the player? No, no, it's the decision of the coach. So Fred Warner. So regular the regular regulation ends. You go to the sideline. There are four captains or five captains for each team. One of them is designated to go out for the overtime. It was Fred Warner. Kyle Shanahan says to him, "If we win the toss, we want the ball. Mm-hmm. If we don't win the toss, we're kicking whichever way. It, does, right. it doesn't matter because it's inside." And so that's that's what happens in those coin. That's what happens at the coin toss at the beginning of the game. That's what happens at the coin toss and in overtime. So that came directly from Kyle Shanahan. Are you sure? Positive. Are you positive about that? Positive. Because here's how I think that discussion went when Fred Warner and Kyle Shanahan were talking. Fred's like, "Hey, Kyle, what should I do?" And Kyle's like, "Uh, I don't know. Do whatever you want. I don't know the overtime rules, Fred. Oh, uh, actually, it should be more like a butthead imitation from Beavis and Butthead. Uh, hey, Beavis, I don't know what the overtime rules are. <laughs> I think I think we score and we win. <laughs> That's actually what happened." You're so hater. I'm, I'm not a hater. I'm calling it like it is. I mean, I got every Niner player last night saying they have no idea what the rules are, and every Chief player almost dancing on the Niners' grave by saying, "Oh yeah, yeah. we know the rules." I mean, look, that's an ex- it is inexcusable. That that part of it is 
absolutely inexcusable. Pete, but, but so is Steve Wilkes at the end of I got regulation and in overtime, not being able to dial up a stop. No, I got you. It's not just one thing. I admit that. And we'll get to many other things as the show rolls on. Pete's in Allendale. Hey, Pete. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure saying hello to you guys What's today. Up? What's up, Pete? Lifelong Niner fan from back in the John Brody days. A um, wow. little disappointed today, but life goes on. That's a healthy Question. attitude. You know what? That's the attitude of someone who's seen many Super Bowls. <laughs> well, yeah. 58 of them. Right. 58 of them Question. and five championships yeah. for you. Not bad. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, it would have been nice, but life goes on. Question. Have they ever used or would they ever consider using the uh, college football? I hope not. Rule? Oh, God. I, I hate the college rule. I think they're terrible. I hate the college rule as well. I Look, we can't change the overtime rules every two years. Right. The college rule guarantees an over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. it certainly does. It's like we're gonna we're gonna put you in field goal range, and maybe you'll be good enough to score a touchdown. It, and after you both do it once, then you have to go for two. It's also just not real football. No, like I don't think that's real football. Look, the NFL's got to settle on something. They got a rule. They're gonna settle on it because the game didn't end because of the rule. I mean, think about it. Like, the outcome would have been the same as it was in 2016. Mm -hmm. Team with first possession kicks field goal. Team with second possession scores touchdown and wins game. The only thing that was different is us debating about what should have been done. And another thing that should have been done, you know, I've made the point that the Niners should have given the Chiefs the ball first for the reason of, hey, if Kansas City scores a touchdown, I go score a touchdown, I go for two and I win. But how about the fact that when San Francisco has the ball first, they have to know full well that we need a touchdown to win this game. If we do not score a touchdown, it is very, very likely yep. we are going to lose this and, game. And by the way, that's why all of this argument about Kyle Shanahan feels flat to me because they failed to score the touchdown. But here's why it's not flat. When you have fourth and four from the Kansas City nine-yard line, you go for it. Like, we haven't talked about that yet, but let's do it right now. That's another mistake he made for the same reasons I've laid out. You know that if you kick the field goal, great. All Kansas City's got to do is march down the field and score a touchdown. And they're going to. They're going to because your defense is gassed. And they're going to because you are looking straight in the eyes. And I know that Tommy doesn't want to hear this. But you're looking straight in the eyes at the new GOAT. At the new star. At the new stud. At the new guy who takes advantage of every break in front of him the way Tom Brady used to. And so if you want to beat Tom Brady... Just like if you want to beat Pat Mahomes, you know what you got to do? Mm -hmm. You have to not wait for hope. Yeah. You've got to stick it to them. Fourth and four from the Kansas City nine in overtime. I'm sorry. Kyle Shanahan don't have to up again. Meh. Nah. I can't <laughs> believe how much we're disagreeing on this. What do you mean? Dude, your defense is humming along. They play, had played good. What do you mean Mahomes? humming along? The Niners' defense and Bosa they had just allowed the Chiefs on three Evan, straight possessions. Evan, Evan, how good is Harrison Bucker? How good is Harrison He's Bucker? He's one of the best of all time. Okay, he would have been good from 70 yesterday. So now if you miss on fourth and four in that spot. You're losing anyway. Yeah, like yeah. they're going to kick a field goal. You need 30 yards to no, 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 field goal. No, 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 to make this clear, Sean. You're losing the game anyway once you elect to kick a field goal. You're done. Go kick the field goal like Jake Moody did. No, you're going to lose anyway. No, but here's how you're not. Because a field, if the Chiefs go kick a field goal, you tie. They eventually got the touchdown. They'd still involve converting a fourth and one. You're forcing the Chiefs to have to go to length of the field and score a touchdown. Make a freaking stop. By the way, all this arguing and all you're telling me tells me this. If you go to overtime versus Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't care if you make up new rules off a Wheaties box, you're going to lose the game then. No, no, no. <laughs> I want to give you a little preview because, God willing, we're having this discussion a year from now. 
I am praying to the football gods that my team has a chance. I didn't realize you were that high on Daniel Jones. My team, yeah, my team has a chance to knock these bastards off. The reason I rooted for the Kansas City Chiefs uh, this year. <laughs> did I say something funny? Did I, did I say something funny? What are you going to knock them off? Are they playing in the preseason this year? Is that where you're going to knock them off? I didn't realize that. Did they have that schedule out yet? Come on, bro. Tiki, can, can you tell them to, to be respectful and quiet for a second? <laughs> I'm figuring out why Kyle Shanahan failed at the end. On the 10-yard line. All right. You go down that rabbit hole I real am quick. in this rabbit hole. The reason why I was rooting for the Kansas City Chiefs is twofold. And I've made this clear. Number one, I want to stick it to the Patriots dynasty. And number two, I want my team to beat them. And that could be funny because right now it is funny. I'll give you guys that. The Jets are a million miles away. I want to be the team that knocks off Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes because it'll be that much sweeter. Okay? It's a fantasy. I admit that. That's what I want. Well, let me make things perfectly, perfectly clear. If the New York Jets are ever lucky enough to be staring down Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes in a playoff game, you have to show balls. Yeah. And I want you to text Nate Hackett that, Tiki. I will. I want you to text Robert Sala that. Wait, I'll call Joe and tell him to text Robert Sala that. If you're going to beat the best, you got to beat the best. And so if the Jets are going to beat them next year or the Niners are going to beat them this year or whatever team you want to come up with is going to knock off these guys. You have to go for it. You've got to show guts. Fourth and four from the nine-yard line when you know damn well they're going to march down the field. I don't give a damn how good your defense <laughs> is. You know it. I know it. We all know it. The only way you're going to beat them is by sticking it to them. Well, it's the only way. And so if the Jets, by the grace of the football gods, are lucky enough to face this team in the playoffs next year and be in the postseason, mark my words, that better be the strategy. And if it's not, you think I'm pissed now? <laughs> Time's up by 80. Well, And you know I'm right. And you two jackals know I'm right, too. Well, this, let's get there first. Exactly. You know what? That's not the answer. Evan, let's get there first. Evan, I'll throw you a bone. With Aaron Rodgers, you are going for it. You know why they didn't go for it? Because Brock Purdy is not very good. You wouldn't have a wide receiver throwing touchdown passes if you believed in the quarterback. What we found out last night is Brock Purdy is not that dude. He's not the guy to beat Mahomes. Well, Rodgers could beat him by uh, the way, one on one. He, they could have. So I just spent the because go for it on fourth down. Go for it on fourth down. Here's what happened. First down inside the 50, on the 15. Now, we're talking about overtime, correct? Overtime. Okay, I just want to be on the same page. They run split zone. What's split zone? That's that's a, a, a receiver or a fullback going away from the from the inside zone from the right side. You see it all the time. Motion, hand off the other side. They did the same play on second down. So they picked up six yards on first down. They ran the same play, different personnel on second down. Exact same play. Split zone, split zone. Got nothing. So you're now third and six. And Steve Spagnola brings all, like, five guys up to the line of scrimmage. Only six of them come. And the rules get jacked up because John Feliciano, we all know. Yeah. John Feliciano. Once a giant, his, always a giant. Hurt his elbow half a quarter before. Right. And Spencer Burfecht, who is a second-year player. second I think he's second year. 2022, he's drafted. So he's a second-year player, is now inserted at left guard, at right guard, and guess who's over Spencer Perfect on the third down play? Chris Jones. Mm. And what does Spencer Perfect do? Whiffs. He doesn't even look at him. <laughs> he doesn't even look at he him. He goes the wrong way. So you're saying that this is why you can't go for it on fourth down? This you're screwed because you're screwed. Okay. Like in, well. in after seeing that play, you're like, dude, we don't have a call. 
that I trust. Well, that's a problem, then. Of course it is then a problem. you're screwed either way. But uh, You're screwed but either you're way, You're screwed then, either way. Because let me tell you, it's man coverage behind this, and Brandon Ayuk is standing wide open in the middle of the end zone. Wide open. Mm. I mean, it's the Sean could have made that throw. No, actually, wow. Sean has a decent arm. You could have made oh. that throw. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, like, he, I think it came down to Kyle Shanahan's, Shanahan saying, "I don't trust what we're what we're what we have on the field right now," and so he had to take the field goal. More of your calls coming up eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. So there were many things from last night's game that we have not touched on quite yet. How many times did they show Taylor Swift? All the wonderful commercials, the halftime show, the partial streaker that ran on the field middle part of the third quarter. But we do have to mention that Travis Kelsey pulled a Pedro Martinez Don Zimmer moment. That's how I would compare it. We all remember when Pedro Martinez was rightfully so defending himself against a senior citizen that was lunging at him in Don Zimmer. And he sidestepped him and Don (laughs) Zimmer fell down to the ground. And yet in this town, we treat Pedro Martinez like he's a criminal. Travis Kelsey, this grown man who's <laughs> dating the most popular woman in the world, and he's had, you know, he's got the life right now. He's making a ton of money. He's a superstar player. Yeah, highest paid quarterback tight end combo in the history of the NFL. That's right. He charges like a bull at Andy Reid. And it was caught on national TV. And I have to commend our colleague Boomer Esiason. Because during halftime of this game, Boomer said, hey, are we going to bring up the fact that Travis Kelsey tried to, like, physically assault Andy Reid? He didn't frame it that way. I'm paraphrasing. And I think Nate Burleson was like, nah, it's fine. It's Travis. (laughs) Who cares? Are we really okay with that? Like, he literally, I thought he was going to knock Santa Andy Reid down to the ground. Yeah. No, I felt like he was. By the way, uh, the whole Taylor Swift thing, I'm so, like, on it now. What do you mean on it? Like you're a fan? Not a fan. You liked the way she looked last night? No. Well, I thought she was getting hammered, to be honest with you. <laughs> hammered on Twitter or hammered with alcohol? I hammered with alcohol. Yeah, did you see her down that beer? <laughs> right. Good. She was what? Like, like they were losing at one point, and she's up there dancing. I'm like, are you watching the game or are you just drinking and having fun? Yeah. Probably a little bit of both. But anyways, my daughters and my wife were watching this game. Yeah. And I, were, and I was like, why are you still watching this game? And they said, because it was getting late. She said, because Brooklyn is convinced that Taylor Swift is going to get proposed to if the Kansas City Chiefs win. So they watched the whole game. <laughs> they that the, was going to happen? They watched the entire Super Bowl for that very reason. Was she disappointed when it didn't happen? Yes, very. And wow. then she went to bed at like 11 o'clock or whatever. There were like. two conspiracy theories. A, Taylor Swift was going to get proposed to, or B, she was going to endorse a presidential candidate. <laughs> Those were the two Taylor Swift right. crazies from last now, night. Travis Kelsey, but I bring this up because my wife wrote me right, right when this Travis Kelsey thing happened. Yeah. And was like, he needs to get suspended. Andy Reid needs to bench him. This is your wife this saying This is my that? wife saying this. And I'm like, what, wait, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. Did I miss something other than what I saw? And so she's like, he's he's such a sweet man, is a sweet coach, and he's bullying him on the sideline. I mean, line. he kind of was, was like, born. Wow, Trace. Okay, you're really into this game tonight. She's not wrong. She's not. And you know, I I I think it looked worse than it actually was because Andy Reid was completely unaware. Completely. I unaware. know he jumped when, when right. Travis he was like first came he by. was shocked, and then he was <laughs> off so off balance, so he almost fell over. But. I didn't get the emotion from Travis Kelsey in that moment. 
Like that happened because he was on the sideline right. when the Isaiah Pacheco fumble happened. Right. And uh, I forget who the backup tight end was, but he missed the block. Noah Gray, was it? Uh, no, it was number it was, it was the other one. It was Braden uh, Willis. Yeah, Will, number Will, nine. Yeah, well, number nine. He just missed the block. Right, he's, right. He's a rookie. So he misses the block, and Travis Kelsey's pissed off about this because he wanted to be on the field. Right. And so I get it. Be pissed off at your tight end coach. Don't be pissed off at the head coach. That didn't make sense to me. That, that felt misguided emotionally. But I guess that was the state, the state of the game at that point because they were frustrated early. You got to give the 49ers defense so much credit. Well, they outplayed early, them. Early in the game. No they doubt. outplayed them. No doubt. Both, both, I, both trenches, they outplayed them in. I don't want to be super sensitive to how he acted. The only thing that genuinely bothered me outside of the sarcasm I'm using about abusing an elderly man, which he kind of did, <laughs> was the using. fact that it does feel like a double standard. It feels like That's if certain right. individuals You're had done wrong. the exact same thing, they'd be crucified. You're not wrong. And because Travis Kelsey has become America's darling, which he has, a lot of it being his relationship with Taylor Swift, it's almost like, ha, 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 isn't that cute? Ha, 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 he's just emotional. And the guy that jumped out at me when I thought about this, because there was an individual I thought about, because we experienced it here in New York City. I'm looking out for you guys when I say this. Is Odell Beckham Jr. Mm. Yep. I thought of Odell. And I thought of how Odell would do very simple, dumb things, and it would be treated as if he committed a capital crime. And I say this as somebody that's not even an Odell guy. Yeah. I just see things. And so Odell Beckham Jr. would make love with the goalpost and it would be or propose to the goalpost. And it's like, can no. you believe it? The kicking net. The kicking net, right. right. And it was so over the top. So I'm not genuinely mad at Travis Kelsey screaming and yelling. I think I'm just mad at the hypocrisy that we always see in this league, depending on who's hey, it's like doing you, it's the like yelling. You, you can earn the right to be stupid and a clown and and do things that are unbecoming or unfit for a team. Yeah. I, but, I think, if you, but if you've earned it, then you get away with it. Right. But I think a lot of this, and this isn't a knock on him, it's on Andy Reid as the head coach because it's not his temperament to fight back or do any of that. To be honest, Andy Reid just stood there, and all we saw on camera was him basically take it, like have somebody else pull Travis Kelsey away, where right. other coaches would have stood there, turned around to Kelsey and said, sit your ass down for a couple minutes and calm down. That's just not in Reed's nature. So it's not a knock on Reed, but in many ways, Reed just kind of allows it. Well, but I also, but I also think that's the beauty of Andy Reed. Yeah. It's like he, like he's unaffected by stuff like that. I'm trying to think if Absolutely. I've ever seen him emotional. Like mad mm. on a and during a game on a sideline, or even like a ref bad call. You've right. never seen Reed tear off his headset and yell. I, and I think it's just who he is, and it it kind of proves that there are multiple ways to be great at what you do. Because Bill Belichick was the opposite of right. that. He wasn't personable. He wasn't like friendly. Didn't seem approachable. Andy Reed is like completely opposite of so that. Those nuggies. <laughs> Is he like about the commercials? That's right. When I think of a a player's coach, I usually think of Pete Carroll. When I think of a curmudgeon, I think of Bill Belichick. Yeah. Andy Reid is basically Pete Carroll. I think he's more like Pete Carroll. That he's just a player's coach and everybody loves him. I've only I he coached me in a Pro Bowl. And this was before I knew who he was. Right. I mean I knew who he was, obviously, because we played against him, but I didn't know like the persona that he was. Because on TV, he just seems like a non emotional like bore. Mm. Right, I mean that both as a B O R E and B O A R. Right, that he's he just seems like moody all the time. But at the Pro Bowl, I was like, dude, you're awesome. 
Right? He's just fun. I wonder if that's the way he normally is. I think it is how he normally is. I do. And I think he he's just gotten he's gotten a bad rap because he because he was the coach in Philly and never won. Right. And then or never won the ultimate championship. He won a lot. And you know, a lot of uh division championships. He was like Kyle Shanahan. And in the postseason. Yeah, he was. He was Kyle Shanahan before <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. No, he was, he was. But he just got this rep because he was a Philly head coach. Right. And then when he went to Kansas City, it's like it just completely changed. Yeah. And then he started winning. Can you imagine if he fell down when Travis ran over there? Yeah, that would have it would have been then it would have been an issue. Well, he almost did. Then it then it would have been talked about more than like a five minute conversation. It was that a we're throwaway, and then and I think this is Sean's point, or I'll, I guess I'll further Sean's point is that after the game. Now, granted, they just won the Super Bowl, so everything is great. Everything yeah. is smelling like roses. Andy Reid excused him and said, "No, he's just a competitive guy. That's yeah. who he is. No big deal." But I have to admit, watching this game live, I had two thoughts. Number one, I thought it was hilarious. And I thought that it would have been funny if Andy kind of fell. Like, no, without getting hurt. I don't want Andy to get hurt. But if like, he fell on his ass, that would have been kind of funny. And then B, what a double standard there is. Because it depends on who you are. It definitely is a double standard. And the standard. reaction you're going to get. There's, It's definitely a double standard. Because yes. if that's, let's say that's Kadarius Tony. Then Kadarius Tony gets crucified. But that's you know why that's not a good example though because Kadarius Tony's done very little in this league. It would I, have to be like because Odell Beckham Jr. jumps at me because he was good and yet anything yeah. he did was criticized. Yeah, but I yeah, I hear what you're saying, but you're talking about a star. Yeah, how it happened to, to be fair because I think that I there, don't know if any star on the Chiefs like who if Pat Mahomes does that, we're not talking about it. If Isaiah Pacheco does that, we're not really talking about so it. So you think it's a Chief thing? I think it's a Chief thing. Mm. And I think it's Andy Reid's reaction to it. Ultimately, kind of expects the emotion from his guy. Let's go to Bob and Fairfield. What's up, Bob? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, What's up? Yeah, I just wanted to correct you guys. Uh, that that uh, overtime rule has been that in effect since 2015, and it's from the NFL. No, it's not. If the score, yeah, it is. 2022, uh, they changed it where you beat. No, no, you can I'm score just a saying the, you can you can have a lead going into another quarter. And that's been the rule since 15. So Sean is right. Well, yeah, but, but that's because they changed but, the rule where each team has to have a possession. You guys are not right. You guys aren't listening. That's the problem. Right. You're not listening. Yeah. Like, I understand why that could happen, but the NFL has been fagazing these overtime rules now for a long time. It used to be sudden death, and everybody whined about that. Oh, it's not fair. You could just win the coin toss and kick a field goal. Then they changed it where if you score a touchdown, you could end the game. Yeah. But if you kick a field goal, it continues. And now they changed it to this. It's like the participation trophy overtime. Yeah. That's basically what they've turned it into. But Tiki's point was because the Niners had such a long possession and the Chiefs then had a long possession, we were in a weird spot where the overtime period could end and it didn't satisfy both teams having a possession, so we could have ended the first overtime with a team ahead by three points, right. which, when you think about it, makes absolutely no sense. Yes, it's an overtime period. It's not a fifth period. But if I want to be fair, this is how soccer works. So in the soccer championships, when they get into extra time, say the World Cup, it's two 15-minute overtime periods. Mm -hmm. So even if you score a goal in the first overtime, you still have to play the second overtime period. So it's 30 minutes of overtime. It's broken up into two periods. Mm. So it, it's, it mirrors what the international game of football does. I got to tell you, last night I was rooting for three overtimes. I wanted <laughs> the first and second overtime to pass because then it would have been really confusing because then it's literally halftime. 
and there would have been a two-minute warning, and then the game would have stopped, and they would have basically restarted. I was I was all in for that last night, and I was even looking for ways to bet on it because <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Because and we mentioned this on the air that isn't it fun to bet for overtime? Yes. And I forget who brought it up. Maybe you brought it up, Luke. And I said, I agree with you. Like, that's a fun bet. I'm going to make that bet. And I did. So I admit that. I think you made the same bet too, right? I did as well, yes. So fun little bet, win a couple of dollars, just the game to go to overtime. So once that happens, and I'm like, oh, that's a nice win. I was like, how do I bet on double overtime and triple overtime? Bro, I thought the yeah. books were going to reopen the coin toss again, right? <laughs> I swear, Imagine if you bet tails and it was heads and then it was tails in the overtime, but I don't think they did that again. Nah, they weren't ready for it. The, the, the sports book apps were as ready for overtime as Kyle Shanahan was. <laughs> by, by the way, speak- You like that one? Yeah. Unprepared messes. Was there controversy with the Reba thing? Because she kind of added an extra line at the end, and it went over the time. Oh, Yeah, Yeah, that's why you bet that stuff offshore. That's why it's not legal. Like, she sort of ended it and then did an extra line and went over. Oh. So I don't know if any of you guys bet it or there was any controversy. No, I did not bet the length of the national anthem. I think that's very unpatriotic, actually. I think you're Uh, a bad American if you bet on the No, 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 you're not a bad American. You're not a bad American. 50% of our audience probably bet on it. You need to listen and enjoy our national anthem and America the Beautiful. Like, the bet on it kind of just shows that. You could do both. You set nah. your little stopwatch. You nah. enjoy it. Something wrong. Something's wrong with our society. I think no, we're no. heathens. <laughs> no, I think we're heathens, to be honest with you. Let's go to Brian in Milburn, New Jersey. What's up, Brian? Hey. Hey, how you doing, Evan? I just called it. Hey, I want to say to you, last week you called my team a fraud. I was right. <laughs> I was right. Yeah, well, what did your team ever do? Nothing. The Jets never won nothing. They suck. You got nothing to show. Yeah, I'm going to have this today to say this to you. My team showed up last night. Correct. The weakness of the team was the defense. They showed up. You know what I'll tell you they, this, Brian? I pray, to, I pray to God that my team gets to the Super Bowl to play the Niners because at least I'll know I'll beat you, you bunch of chokers. Nothing. Yeah, you they chokers. Suck. Your team sucks. Yeah, the Niners. Kyle Shanahan's going to choke. You're not, not going to get nothing. All right, Brian, that's enough. <laughs> that was fun for 10 seconds. <laughs> I love how his retort is. You called my team frauds. The Jets suck. Guess what? No kidding the Jets suck. You know how pathetic the New York Jets are? Do you really want to know how pathetic the New York Jets are? Can somebody just say, Evan, how pathetic are the New York Jets? Hey, guys, you know how pathetic the New York Jets are? How pathetic are they, Ev? <laughs> Last night, you may not even be aware of this because you have a brain. This, and you're not this, paying attention. Is this Miko Harmon related? Nope. No. Nope. Even though he had the Jet no, necklace no, no. on. I got no wish list. Which is his nickname, by the way. He's not wearing that for the, for the Jets. Just so you know. Interesting. See, I did not know that. Thank you. There you you. go. No, it's not McCall Hardman. The New York Jets, and it's Woody Johnson's fault because he's a clueless owner. Woody Johnson and Joe Sy are like having a competition. Which owner is more out of touch and pathetic? I go back and forth myself on debating it. Woody Johnson orders the New York Jets to tweet out last night in the midst of the Super Bowl ending. How do you know that Woody Johnson had him do that? I'll explain that in a second, but I do know it for a fact. Well, uh, educated fact. (laughs) Educated guess. The New York Jets tweet out last night a hype video about how they're going to have new uniforms in 2024. You clueless, pathetic bastards. The Super Bowl's occurring! (laughs) Like, a guy you got rid of scored the game-winning touchdown! 
and you can't wait to go on social media and say, hey, we got unis coming in 2024. Like, can you save that for February 25th? Can you save that for March 6th? Can you save that for March 17th, St. Patrick's Day? You're going to whip that crap out during the Super Bowl? You talk about clueless. You talk about tone deaf. I hate love my team. I love them because I'll always root for them. And I hate them because they're idiots. To put out on social media, hey guys, we've got new unis in 2024. Now, I want to answer your question. How do you know Woody did it? Because Woody Johnson is obsessed with uniforms. He's obsessed with (laughs) logos. He's obsessed with colors. And he thinks. So it's his directive. No doubt. He thinks that that's going to make us feel better. He thinks in some weird universe that that's that's all that matters. Ah, we look good. Right. He is clueless. This franchise is clueless. So to our last caller who wanted to take shots at the Jets because I took shots at the Niners, guess what? You're right. Two things can be true. The Jets can be pathetic and the Niners can be choke artists. Mm. I hate the Jets. I love them and I hate them at the same time. What? What do you want over there? You nailed it. You nailed it. Oh, thank you. That was absolutely pathetic. Now, by the way, sharp-looking uni, but not not the time. Irrelevant. I don't even want to look right. at the uni. Like, let me know in April when the uniform like? comes out. It's It very much is a, a well-done <laughs> twist on a throwback. That's well it. It's done. sharp. It's clean. It looks like the old Jets on uniforms of our childhood. Okay. Put it this way. They're not the same old, like, same old Jets. They're not the same <laughs> old early 90s, late 80s uniforms, but they're close enough that they're sharp. Got it. The fact you're even discussing this means you've fallen for the trap. Well, no, I mean, I, I hit the Super Bowl just ended and you're bragging about your jerseys. What oh. the hell is going on? It's a terrible time. To uh, thank you. It's a terrible time. Oh, my God. I'll tell you this. I want to say something nice about the Niners real quick. Okay, please. I My heart broke for Dre Greenlaw. Yeah. Like to get injured and to tear your Achilles like of all injuries. Like that. Not even playing. By excitedly running on the field. Yeah. Like, I feel so awful. That's like the kind of injury I would have. And he's he's not old. He's young. Right. He's This is only his fourth year because he was a rookie the first time they lost, right, to the, mm-hmm. to the him and, um, and Debo Samuel were rookies on that former Kansas City Chief, the rematch game. 19, yeah. Yeah, the, the, or the first game. This one was the rematch. So he's, what, 26? And tears his Achilles? And to go down like that? Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievably heartbreaking. We'll get back to your calls in a second at 877-337-6666. Plus, we'll listen to all the final calls, the radio of each team, the TV of each team, and we'll figure out who did it best. Plus, Tiki Barber has a very big secret he is going to reveal live here on the air. He lied to all of us, folks. You're not going to believe where he was watching the Super Bowl. Oh, what a day. Oh, what a day. The day after Super Bowl, Kansas City Chiefs back-to-back winners. An incredible game against the San Francisco 49ers. A game that started off to some boring. I found it enjoyable. And ended with one of the wildest and rememberable, memorable, rememberable, memorable conclusions Mm -hmm. in Super Bowl history. We have dived into a lot of aspects of this game, including the fact that Kyle Shanahan completely effed up his strategy in overtime. But real quick, and we'll do this in a nice little bundle. Let's hear the final call from everybody. (laughs) We've got five calls. We got the Niners and the Chiefs on the radio. We got the Westwood One call, we got the TV call with Jim Nance, and a surprise bonus call from Nickelodeon. How about that? So let's start things off with the big losers from last night. 
The radio call from San Francisco, California. Holmes going to roll to his right, throws, touchdown. The Chiefs have won the Super Bowl. Nicole Hardman. As they roll Mahomes right, Nicole Hardman is wide open. And the Chiefs win the Super Bowl back-to-back years. Another heartbreaking loss for Kyle Shanahan. Dang it! (laughs) Dang it! That gives me such joy. I don't know why. Who was that? That was Greg Papa, and who was the analyst? Yeah, who was the analyst? Who did that call? Right. I know. It's, it. I know it's Greg. He does the. He does the radio. Dang it! <laughs> I don't know who that was. Dang it! Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Dang, it. Dang it! Dang it! Yeah, I love to hear those tears. Here's the call from the great city of Kansas City, Missouri. McKinnon is in at running back. First down and goal to go. Play action fake. Right side throw. Touchdown! Kansas City! McCall Hardman! McCall Hardman with the catch on the right side! A three-yard touchdown pass in overtime! Kansas City wins the game! 25-22! And the Chiefs' kingdom has started its own history class! Because for the first time right, in six <laughs> yeah. the Chiefs' kingdom has started their own history class. Instead of just ending it there, he's like, because. Because. <laughs> we don't need to hear why. Because you won a lot. Here's uh, Kevin Harlan from Westwood One. right here Lining up in the clock at 10 seconds and ticking. In the shotgun, Mahomes. Four-man front. Receiver motion. Low snap. He runs and he throws. Caught. Touchdown. It's caught. Hardman caught the ball. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won! <laughs> Hartman caught the ball like, oh, I'm shocked. <laughs> it's almost like it took Kevin Harlan a few seconds to realize, oh, wait, they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's called from the Kyle Shanahan of understanding overtime rules. Because uh, it looked like at first he's like, oh, he caught the ball. Then he's like, wait a second, they won the Super Bowl. Uh, here's the call from Nickelodeon with Noah Eagle and Nate Burleson and then a bunch of cartoon characters. Straight. The other noises, the screaming was cartoon characters, like yes. enjoying the result. Yes. Yeah. SpongeBob and Patrick Starfish were two great analysts on the really? court yesterday. <laughs> did you did you hear earlier in the game when Patrick Starfish jumped in? He had better analysis on a Christian McCaffrey fumble than Tony Romo did. Patrick Starfish? Patrick Starfish. All right, let's hear the analysis of okay. Patrick Starfish calling Christian McCaffrey's fumble. Who's Carol? You have to firmly grasp it. Firmly grasp it. George Karloftis jumped on it, and the Chiefs have the ball. See that? SpongeBob and Patrick Starr, they got it. That's how Tiki, you... do you agree with that analysis? <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> you have to firmly grasp it. You have to firmly grasp it. So that, did you watch Was any of that Was he talking about the fumble recovery, or no. were you talking about the fumble? They were trying to explain, Tiki, how you ran changing the ball with the cross stuff. So Patrick Starfish was saying it's all about firmly grasping it. He had, he was holding it too loose. Wait, so Patrick uh. Starfish was quoting Tiki Barber well, on the Nickelodeon broadcast? No, not, not so many words. He wasn't qu- said it that way. I but. think he was trying to give it in layman's terms for the kids, but they were taking a page out of your book. You have to firmly grasp the ball. 
It was great. Otherwise, you lose it, and the other team now possesses it. Do you guys? Did you guys watch that possession broadcast? of the football is no. going to be a big story in this game? <laughs> <laughs> no, we did not. My kids learned that you sit there and you suffer through Nance and Romo like the rest of them. Well, that's the key word because I think we all heard the call when it happened live because we're watching the Super Bowl. But I want you to hear it one more time, and I want to say this with as much respect as I can because I think Jim Nance is an all-time great, and I think Tony Romo takes too much heat. But this final call absolutely sucked. First and goal. Mahomes swings it. It's there! Hartman! Jackpot! Kansas City! Tony Romo's talking behind him. And then he ends up talking like immediately after Jim is done. Jackpot Kansas City felt very forced being in Vegas. I gotta tell you, I, I uh, thought the call I was atrocious. I don't even remember hearing it. I mean, I was listening to it, obviously. But That's I, why I wanted to play it, because I don't think any of us remember it, because in the moment, we're all just watching the game and enjoying yeah, the I game. Yeah, I think you're reacting audibly yourself. Yeah. So you're, so maybe you hear it, maybe you don't. But I don't think I remember hearing that call. And, I, I didn't either. And here's the proof <laughs> right. that that didn't stick. That's a bad call. So you guys just heard it. I want to present to you another game-time, overtime-winning call in the Super Bowl. In fact, it's the only other one we have I tell your friend Matt Ryan if he's listening to close his ears, <laughs> the conclusion of Patriots Falcons. Here's Joe Buck, and this, my friends, is a call. Toss to White. He's in. Patriots win the Super Bowl. Brady has his fifth. What a comeback. And then he just lets the moment happen. Mm. Patriots win. Brady's got his fifth. Blah, 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 blah. So, I don't know about you, but Jim and Tony let me down. They were good in moments. <laughs> in moments? Yeah, they were good in moments. <laughs> and it's funny. It's like when they when the moments got intense, that's when it felt like they were needed. Except for the end where they were trying to explain the overtime. And I didn't. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? You're, saying, you're talking too fast. Stop. I can't understand what you're talking about. Because I don't think a lot of people knew that rule. No. I, don't, I, I think people knew the overtime rules changed, but they weren't sure about the specifics. Now, for you in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, where were you watching this game? Because I've uh, recovered from sources that Tiki was not honest with us on Friday when he said, I'll be working out. I was doing workouts. I actually. made a joke that he's going to broadcast the ran, game to himself. I ran 11 and a half miles the day before. And what would you do during the game? <laughs> I sat on a desk and watched the game on a big screen, enormous screen mm -hmm. at CBS Broadcast Center. At CBS Broadcast Center? Yep, the Broadcast Center for CBS. Now, why were you at the CBS so Broadcast Center? me, Ross Tucker... Um, we're there with Brent Stover because we were the backup team in case something, God forbid, went wrong with the trucks out in Las Vegas. Now, <laughs> what ultimately happened is that we just got to sit sit and talk football and watch a big game on a massive screen with about 20 or so other CBS employees. So we thank all those people for coming and hanging out. You know what that means? What's that? That means, ladies and gentlemen, Tiki Barber was CBS's designated survivor. <laughs> like, when everybody's at the State of the Union, there's a few people they hold back just they in case. <laughs> just in case something happened. There was a whole TV show about it. It may have actually been on CBS. Wait, that was... Uh, wasn't that the same guy from... 24? Yes, Keith Sutherland. Keith Sutherland, that's and, right. And by the way, I got into that show for like five episodes and then it got old. But Designated Survivor was about how 
Everybody did unfortunately perish, and this guy became president. It's not that bad. So this is all about power outage. That was it. Right. It's only power outage. But there was a chance that last night we were going to hear Tiki Barber call the game. Hey, it's Tiki Barber. Very small chance. How would you have explained the overtime rules? <laughs> I would have not have known. <laughs> I would have been in. A, I would have been well, actually uh, Sean Ahern, who is our stats guy. He was there in my ear the whole time. Um, if if it would have gotten overtime, that's what we would have had to do. We would have asked for a crash course on it. Wow. And he would have known. Did you broadcast the game or were you no, just no, we waiting just, we to were, broadcast? Well, we were the talking game. to each other. Like we were not broadcasting, but just talking about what was going on. But it was it was cool. I had no idea that these networks had designated survivors. Well you for the have Super to. Bowl. And CBS has experience with this because we all remember the New Orleans Super Bowl where they lost power. And luckily it didn't mess up the broadcast. They were able to get it back, but you, you have to have backup. Poor, have Steve, poor Steve Tasker that night. They just kept tossing him. He had nothing on the side. <laughs> right. Right. Because, I mean, that was that was the first. Is that the old, first and only one, I think? That, that had a blackout? The Super Bowl has lost power. I think it might be the only one. What if the Super Bowl lost power? I don't remember any. That's, right. That Super Bowl is most famous for losing power. That's right. I know that the Miami one, they thought. They thought there was going to be flooding issues. Right. But it, it didn't end up subsiding. Is all there the time. any point during the game where you were like rubbing your hands together saying, all right, come on, this is the moment. No, Need a lightning kinda, strike. Let's go. I was, just, I was ready. I was suited up. I was ready. Wow. Ready to go. Had my boards. I prepared like I had to call the game. And this was secretive because you couldn't even reveal this to us until well, today. Not secretive. We just don't need to, you know. You don't want to call attention you know, to it. Yeah, well, exactly. We don't need to. You didn't want our audience rooting for a power addict <laughs> so we could hear Tiki Barber try to explain overtime rules to us at 10 <laughs> Tiki Barber failed miserably. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to John in Connecticut. How are you, John? What's up, John? Hey, what's John? going on, Evan? What's hey, up? how are you? We're good, man. What's going on? Hey, good, good. Evan, all due respect, man, and I love you. And I'm saying this with, with all love. But you're, you're still a Jets fan, right? Yeah. How, He's trying how, to how be. How could you be enamored by Kansas City winning? I mean, the Super Bowl, the game in and of itself was fine. Yeah. Everything else, though, around the Super Bowl, and I'm sure you've heard this before, the, crit- the criticism. It's not fun anymore. The commercials aren't good anymore. Mm. The woke stuff, I mean, I-, I don't know. Maybe I'm old. Well, I think you're, but you're asking you're, me, but, you're asking me two different things. Number but, one, did I enjoy I I the Super Bowl and B, as a Jet fan, how could I root for the Kansas City Chiefs? There was one good t- Super Bowl commercial. I thought there were a few, actually. And it, it involved the Giants. Yeah, we're, we're, there's a good Cinco coming with your top five yeah. uh, Super Bowl commercials. There, there was one that involved Oh, that's Giants. right. I saw Tiki in a Super Bowl no, commercial. No, it wasn't that one. With Tommy DeVito? It wasn't that one. The NFL Africa? Oh, with OC. That one was great. Yeah, it wasn't bad. That one was that great. Wasn't bad. I think the commercials, are they as good as they were today as they were 15 years ago? I'm not going to argue that. But two things. Number one, it's the Super Bowl. So as much as the event, and we talked about this last week, is all about everything but the game. The game is on, and it's football. Yeah, That's number one. Number two, as far as why I root for Kansas City, I've laid out two reasons, and I think they make perfect sense as a Jet fan. Number one, I want to stick it to Brady and the Patriots. And number two, and I've always had this fantasy, I want to be the team to knock them off. Mm. So <laughs> let the Chiefs keep winning so that hopefully someday it's my team that knocks them off. I hear, but it's also... it's. Dynasties aren't every decade. Like you don't get a dynasty all the time. Right. So it's it's actually kind of neat to have someone become one and see it happen in front of you. Now, we talked about this a couple weeks, few weeks ago. Like the Chiefs could become the villain. I don't know if they'll ever be a villain dynasty. Well, they'll be a villain to me if they beat the Jets in the AFC title game. Well, next but year. they don't feel 
Like the Patriots felt villainous because they had a cheating scandal. Well, that, but also then Deflate Gate, and it just yeah, they had multiple cheating right, scandals. Just, you just, already know. It felt like a lot of, and and Bill Belichick is not or was not approachable. So it never felt like you knew the team, mm-hmm. and no one ever got taken care of on that team. Meaning financially, no one got paid ever. Even Tom Brady didn't get paid on that team. He was making nineteen million dollars while. Russell Wilson's making 35, if you can believe that, at some point in his career. So it never felt like, wow, this is like the feel-good story. It was just like, we're going to win. We're going to do it. We don't care about anything else. We're just winning, and we're not having fun. But Kansas City feels like they're having fun. It feels like you want to hang out with Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid. Like, you feel like you like them. Yeah, there's certain different. dynasties that, for whatever reason, and I, I have some theories on it, aren't as hated as others. Like, the Golden State Warriors had that for a while. And I think a part of why the Warriors weren't hated and why the Chiefs aren't fully hated is that their franchises came from what? Mm. Like, literally. Well, the I know. Kansas the Chiefs, City the Chiefs, Chiefs were one of the originals, man. Yeah, and they had won as much as the Jets. Like, I had laid this out to you, but the Jets and the Chiefs' histories sort of changed once they drafted Mahomes. But prior to that, it was the same tortured history. True, but it it doesn't feel like it's – it is the same, but it feels like the Chiefs were an original. You know what I mean? Whereas the Jets are as well, but they came from – like that upstart league. Well, so the Kansas to City, they're both an AFL team. They both. That's why their histories are so similar. Yeah. They came from the no, AFL. You're right. You're right. And I don't know why, but the Jets don't. Well, guess, we're not a dynasty yet. Yeah. <laughs> yet. I, I was gonna say. Yet. I was gonna say, but the Jets feel <laughs> like, not hated, but well, there's they feel mocked. Like, mocked is the word you're looking for. Yeah. And like disrespected yeah. and mocked, yeah. and I don't know. It's just, I don't, it's just different. I think Kansas City. I think it's the makeup of their team. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs are the ninth team to win back-to-back Super Bowls. And this will be a big story come late September, but I'll give you a little preview. Put this in the back of your head. The Green Bay Packers, the Miami Dolphins, the Steelers twice, the Niners, the Cowboys, the Broncos, and the Patriots are all the other teams that have won back-to-back mm-hmm. Super Bowls. When they have all gone for the three-peat, three of them missed the playoffs entirely. Green Bay missed it because Vince Lombardi left. He went to Washington. The Steelers missed it. I can't tell you why. They were a nine-win team that year. And the Broncos missed it because John Elway retired. All the other teams only got as far as the championship game. Yeah. No team has gotten to a Super Bowl three years while up. attempting to win their third three straight games. game. No, teams have been to three straight right, Super Bowls, but Buffalo not did, yeah. while attempting to win a third straight Super Bowl. Hmm. And Giant fans know about that full well because there's a game played back in 1991-1990 season against the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco that is called the 3 P game because the Niners were trying to win their third straight Super Bowl and the Giants beat them in San Francisco right. at Candlestick Park. So Kansas City, if they can get to the Super Bowl, will go further than any team in the history of this sport. And that's just getting there. Oh, in terms of getting close to a three-peat. Yeah, and if they win the three-peat, that's what puts them on another level. Because no other NFL team has done that. Yeah, we've seen it in, we've seen it in hockey. We've seen it in every other sport. We've seen it in baseball, basketball, hockey, basketball, baseball. Yes. We've seen it everywhere except for football. And it's because of the, the turnover, the attritious nature of the NFL season, NFL teams year over year. In fact, Pat Mahomes was asked this last week. I remember hearing it, how hard it is, and he's going to have to do a restructure of his contract at some point to save some money. But um, it's how hard it is to keep winning when your team is different every year. Yeah, It's hard in the NFL. It's easier in in other sports. It's hard in the NFL to keep winning when there's so much turnover in the league. Let's go to Jason and Glenhead. What's up, Jason? 
What's up, Jason? Hey, what's up, boys? How Yo. we doing? We're Yo. good, man. Evan. Yo. If the boys agree to this, we have an idea for you to shave your beard this Friday night. Ooh. This Friday night? Let's okay. go. What you do we got to do? You've got a Friday morning when you leave your house. You've got to take public transportation in a full A-Rod outfit with cleats on to work <laughs> and wear it all day. In honor of A-Rod Day? <laughs> uh, I, pre- A-Rod I appreciate day. the offer. I will not accept. Like, listen, <laughs> I know that we're going to have A-Rod Day on Friday. Sean earned that. Sean won that. That was his big show decision this Friday. Don't miss it. The first ever A-Rod Day. It's also the anniversary. 20 years ago, he was traded here. But you don't even need to ask the boys. I will not wear full A Rod garb mm-hmm. as a way to get rid of this beard. Yeah, but you could just you could ceremonially take it off and then we hang it in the rafters. No, and then it's retired. No, no. and it doesn't. We're all wearing cleats and everything. A Rod, it's not part of the bet. That's part of the deal. <laughs> what do you mean it's part of the deal? We have to wear <laughs> yeah, a jersey all, and cleats. Yeah, we're all dressing as A Rod for the day. <laughs> no way. Loogie, two tiki. Yeah. Should I have a syringe hanging out from my arm? No. Oh, again, stop. this is pro A Rod. Stop it. Well, I was just, I'm just asking. If I'm uh, going to dress no, up as a run, I want to be All of you by Thursday morning will have the full uniform and cleats and stirrups delivered at your... Uh, so you're giving us a full <laughs> uniform? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, I can't wait till Friday, the first ever A-Rod day. Justin and Dobbs Ferry, what's up, Justin? Hey, what's going on? You know, going into that uh, Super Bowl, three and a half hours in, people are drinking, people are, you know, out late. Like, you got to put a telecast on, on there, put some on the screen, to, you know, show what the overtime rules are, because even like the... Right. The, mo- the fans are them, you know, like and for them to just try to explain it quickly, like how many hundred millions of people are watching football for the first time, and you're not going to even give them a great you know, point. The, the layout of what the rules, what the rules are. That's a great point. I didn't even think about that, Justin, because I, as we were talking about it, I was like, did they show it? Because they showed it in the stadium, right? On the on the broadcast on the uh, the jumbotron, because a lot of the 49ers players were saying that's the first time we were reading it when it was on the jumbotron, but they didn't show it on the broadcast. So, at home, you're probably confused. Now, do you need to know the overtime rules to know what's going on? Not really. Like the only thing that gets complicated is what happens at the end of regulation or end of uh, the first overtime period. That's the only thing that was confusing to me. The two possessions for each team, and it's basically score a touchdown. The other team gets a possession. If they kick a field goal, then that touchdown would win. So. I, it was it was the minutia at the end of the period. That was the only thing that got confused. But he is right that when you've got 120 million people watching this game, the vast majority of them haven't watched the football game all year. Yeah, because think about what the average number is for NFL games. Right, it's, right. It's a third of that. Right. So think about that. So if that's the average rating, which is still a massive number, 80% of the people watching, maybe 70% of the people mm-hmm. watching, have watched the football game all year. Yeah. So if anything, you need to over-explain things. But here's the problem. Even if they did, even if Professor Romo took the stage right before overtime to explain it, A, Tony wouldn't understand it himself. <laughs> and then B, most of the audience would be like, I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. It's that right. convoluted. Yeah, it is. Well, here we go. This is where I was right, guys. This is why you don't have Super Bowl parties of people that don't watch the games and are talking about oh, the stop. French onion dip recipe stop. because the ref sat there and explained the whole rules to us on TV for those listening. So I got to admit to you, last night, my Super Bowl party was me. My father-in-law, my mother-in-law. Oh, so he did watch it with but, Yes, he did. <laughs> my oldest son, Jed, who is seven. My youngest son, Spence, who's three. And my wife. That's nice. And by halftime, it was just me. Oh, get out. A because... bailed? Well, so the way... <laughs> kind of. bailed? No, no. It so was what? only like 
40. No, no. Here's what. I'm, let me explain why Abuelo Bale. Okay. We're all in this big TV room, big screen, having a great time. At halftime, the kids have absolutely lost their bleeping minds. They're crazy. And they got school the next day. And it's 9 o'clock, and their bedtime is usually 7.30. Very strict bedtime in the Roberts household. Right. So I look at my wife and say, you know what? Let's get the kids to bed. And I go help out. I don't really. What, what the hell am I watching? Boomer and Nate Burleson breaking down halftime? I had it on in the background. I heard. That's why I gave Boomer credit earlier. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I watched Usher. I watched halftime. As the third quarter's beginning, I'm upstairs in the bedroom. Kids are falling asleep. And I'm like, honey, I got to get the hell out of here. I got to focus. I got to go back. <laughs> so I go back to the TV room. Everybody's gone. Oh. My abuelo's gone. Abuela's gone. And so I'm like, all right, feet up. I got the room to myself for the next two hours. Oh, nice. So I ended up watching the second half in overtime. So you got all by myself. Solo. I got it. And you know what? Allows you to focus. A lot of focus. Did you see? Something's lost in translation here, though, Teague. What's lost in translation? Abuelo, I'm assuming, made a bunch of the snacks. I told my father-in-law when I left, I said, watch it here as long as you want, obviously. I'm going to keep everything on. I don't know what's going to happen with the kids. I have no idea. I didn't know. Oh, you didn't say, I'll be back. I wasn't sure what Uh, was going to happen. Oh, it's the Super Uh, Bowl. You knew you were going to be back. uh, I could have watched the game upstairs if the kids were calmer. Stay stay here. I'll be back. Teak, this is exactly what happened two weeks ago. He already felt uncomfortable watching the game that was Mm -hmm. wrong. You should have made it clear. I'm going to be back here in 15 minutes. Remix up the guac. I'll be right back. I was going to be back in 15 minutes. (laughs) I'll be right back. I'm so glad you mentioned guacamole. I don't know if this is weird or not. So, Abuelo made some awesome treats last night. It was freaking awesome. Pigs in a blanket, like you talked about. Guacamole chips. It wasn't pizza bagels, but it was pizza like rolled up like a blunt. Mm -hmm. I call it the pizza blunt. What was in it? It was pizza, but it was rolled up like a blunt. Like with pepperoni and yeah. like sausage? Cheese, and... the whole thing, yeah. Really? Yeah, rolled up like a blunt. <laughs> I, I've, I've had, I'm have i going to copyright it. Pizza blunt. Nice. Who doesn't want a pizza blunt? Nice. Want a pizza blunt? You going to throw some weed on there? <laughs> he was smoking a doobie. <laughs> so I never did this before. I started taking those pigs in a blanket and mm. just put it deep into that guacamole. I oh. said, screw the mustard. I'm going right to the guac. So I had, and I think it is a great concoction. I didn't know this would work. Mm. Pigs in a blanket bathed in guacamole. Now, no offense to you, Tiki and you, Lugie. The only opinion I care on this subject is Sean Morash. He is an expert on food. His plumpness shows you why. Lugie is like a toothpick and Tiki's an Adonis. So no offense. Mm. I'll get your opinions, but I'm much more curious about Tubby over there's opinion. So Sean, your thoughts. Pigs in a blanket bathed in guacamole. Abuelo came up with this? No, no, no. He made both. He made I'm both. the one who said, let's mix it together. I want to make love to Abuelo for making that guac and giving <laughs> you that opportunity. I like that, right? Banging, Ev. Banging. I have now, been... have you ever had something, like, close? Like, you had a, a chip in guacamole, and then you also stuck a pig in a blanket in your mouth. No, Ev. Uh, Tiki, I'm glad you asked. I'm just asking. I am famous at a family party. Whether there's regular hot dogs off the grill or pigs in a blanket, that side of taco dip that everybody loves, I love dumping it on there like it's a chili pig in a blanket. So if oh. I could take that flair and just go with tasty guacamole, that nice saltiness, the avocado, oh, forget about it. That's a great move by Evan. Thank you. Great move. Thank you very much. Met, you met your approval. So now, no offense, I don't really care what Tegan and right. say, but I, I'm curious to hear your opinion, but I honestly don't give a rat's ass. I feel like I'm gagging. 
Just thinking about so it. So your opinion is gagging. Gagging. Okay. Lugie, your opinion? So when I've been drunk, I'm like MacGyver. I will mix anything. I've done meatball here on Cool Ranch Doritos. So I'll let this slide. Yeah. Now oh, you weren't it wasn't drunk munchies, but you know what? Be a little innovative. I have no problem with that. If it worked for you, it worked for you. I appreciate that. Would right. I do it sober? No. But <laughs> I was very sober. Yeah, that's that's my issue. It was with it. tremendous. Seven, eight beers in, uh, then I whatever. But if you had starving, a, if you had a pig in a blanket and a chip and guac, and you were just like having a little appetizer sample, it'd all be in your mouth mixed together anyway. Well, you know what I think happened. So I got lazy. So I made a plate. I put guacamole on my plate. I put a bunch of the uh, pigs in a blanket, and I put mustard. And I had chips. Finish all the chips. Finish all the mustard. Mustard's all gone. So now I'm stuck with pigs in a blanket. And still have some guacamole, oh. and I'm too lazy you to not go have any down. Chips? Have any... chips are all gone. Oh, so I'm like, screw it, let's mix it together. And that's when I found out something that was magical. It was like relations so. for the first time. If it was unbelievable, so. yes. I just don't think that sounds nah, good. I'm with him, man. That's some sexual healing. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. I do very much appreciate that. Let's go to Dylan in Floral Park. Hey, Dylan. Hey, how's it going, guys? Can I just give a quick shout-out and congratulations to my brother and his wife? They just welcomed their son on Friday. Oh, oh congrats, Tremendous. Man. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes. Nolan James' first day listening to the fans. Is this so your is this your first um, nephew? So you're the first, first, the first time being an uncle? First nephew by blood, yeah. Oh, that's Feels awesome. That's all, yeah, it definitely is. It's family, man. That's awesome, awesome man. Congrats. Congrats, dude. Uh, no, nah, I appreciate it, guys. I know he's going to be happy about this one. But I did want to talk about – I know you guys were talking about nobody hating Mahomes. My uh, my my cousin's son is 10 years old. He said Christian McCaffrey needed to save football from Mahomes and the uh, Swifties with Kelsey and all that stuff. <laughs> I think they're getting to that hatred point. But everyone hates New York because we're New York. So if the Jets were ever good, people would hate us like they hated you guys, Tiki, yeah. even if it was up against Brady. No, you're right. Yeah. You're, no, you're right about that. But I, I just – I feel like the Mahomes hate could only be centered on an extension of the whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing. Mm. But that brings so many like females and daughters into football that you should actually appreciate it. And I think that's what's ultimately going to happen. Like he's going to be, lo- even if he starts getting hated a little bit more because of the success and success and everything else. Like, the love that's going to come his way from non-football watchers who are now Kansas City Chief fans, it's going to it's gonna destroy it. Yeah. Right? It's just going to it's gonna keep compounding on top of itself. Did you find, did you hear about the old tweet that was discovered about Patrick Mahomes? I did not. Oh, boy. Which was? I mean, it just got discovered. And I don't know who discovered it. I'd love to give them credit, but I saw it on my feed this morning. Yeah. November 24th, 2013. Okay. And it was fact-checked that he is talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes... Does Taylor have to win everything? No. Yeah. Same night as the American M- uh, Music Awards no. that Taylor won a bunch of awards for. Get out of so here. clearly, Pat Mahomes, 11 years ago, very upset with all the winning Taylor Swift was doing. This was this was country music. So this wasn't this wasn't like the this wasn't like her first Grammy. Or Had something? Taylor Swift sold out in 2013? I'm not I sure. Mean, she's been around since. Forever. No, I know. I don't know if she was still a country star or she had uh, morphed oh, over into the sellout that she sold is. out, like going to pop. Yeah. All right, gotcha. Yeah, that's what I, mean. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? I like Taylor Swift. I thought you meant she's selling out like arenas. Well, <laughs> she was stadiums. always doing that. <laughs> More of your calls coming up on this crazy game, including, and I was obsessed with this last night, and Tiki and Sean and Lugie got to see it because I was texting them constantly about it. How we came so close to some of the craziest Super Bowl MVPs of all time. It turned out to be Pat Mahomes, but we came damn close 
to a lot of things that we've never seen before in the history of football. We'll get to it coming up, plus all the reasons why Kyle Shanahan screwed up last night. Want to play a quick game, Tiki? Sure. It's a fun new game. It's called What the Hell Was This Guy Predicting? And that guy we're talking about is a legend around here, the great Phil Simms. Okay. But Phil Simms was offering his prediction for last night's game, just like (laughs) everybody was offering a prediction for last night's game. But I want you to listen to what Phil says and then tell me what he actually was predicting. I'm going to go with the underdog. And I know everybody, that's Kansas City, even though they're favored. Because everybody has been picking San Francisco. But I'm going to take Kansas City in high-scoring games, 31-27. to 27. I'm sorry, San Francisco, 31-27 to 27 over Kansas City. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm going to go with the underdog. Even though they're favored, <laughs> except even... they're not favored. No, what? They... Oh. Yeah, Nate Burleson at the end is my favorite. Let's do it one more time. He says the Chiefs are the underdog, even though they're favored, which they're not. And then he says, screw it, I'm taking San Francisco. I'm going to go with the underdog. And I know everybody, that's Kansas City, even though they're favored. Because everybody has been picking San Francisco. But I'm going to take Kansas City in high-scoring games, 31-27. to 27. I'm sorry, San Francisco, 31-27 to 27 over Kansas City. Oh. Any idea what he picked? Uh, no. Did she get a victory out of that no matter what? Uh, yeah, he's. I'm lost. <laughs> I, I I think I speak old man football. All right, so tell, tell us what he was saying. Okay, Phil w- was genuinely picking the 49ers. But much like some people I watch football with that aren't active on the sports books, he probably until 10 minutes before he was due on didn't or couldn't fathom that the Chiefs were actually betting underdogs. Oh, got it. So in his mind... Uh, it's the Chiefs, it's the Niners. The underdog's the Niners. Right. So he tried to spit that out the best way he could to say he was picking the underdog, even though they're not actually the underdog, but they really are because the Chiefs are really the favorites. What? <laughs> I know, that's, that's confusing. You, that's... Yes, because my, my dad's the same way. My name's him. What do you mean the Chiefs are underdogs? No, they're not. It's yeah. Patrick Mahomes. So in his mind, he liked the Niners to win. Somebody told him, in the by the way, you know, the Niners are favorites. He thinks he's, like, speaking the obvious to everybody that – I'm picking the underdog Niners. I know they're really Wait, favorites. Wait, so he was yeah. picking the Chiefs? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. He was picking the Niners. He's picking the Niners. But he was calling the Chiefs the favorites, not the underdogs. Yeah. Because in his mind, they have Mahomes yes. and Reed the favorites. You have to reset the whole thing. Forget <laughs> what he said at the very beginning. What he meant was the Chiefs are the actual favorite, right. even though everybody is picking the 49ers. And so, in his mind, the underdog is the 49ers. Oh. <laughs> oh. I, I love how Nate Pearlson's oh. the only one on the stage. Oh. Like, what the hell just happened? Oh. I mean, oh. you get like 10 seconds. They're telling you, all right, you got 10 seconds to do your prediction. <laughs> and you want to explain, you want to throw all this stuff in there. I actually really love Phil Sims. I don't think there's any way Phil could brag that he got this game right <laughs> or wrong. Because I don't know what the hell he picked. Now, I can tell you one thing I got right. What's that? Which is not only picking the Kansas City Chiefs all year, but late last week we had an MVP draft oh, on geez. this show. Do you remember that? Yes. So the rules were very simple. Me, Tiki, Lugie, and Sean would draft who we think is going to be the MVP, but there was one caveat. If you took Patrick Mahomes, you're done. Everyone else would pick four players. There were four rounds to the draft, but as soon as you took Mahomes. I had such an advantage in this. Yeah, so Tiki ended up with Rasheed Rice, Debo Samuel, the Kansas City defense, and the San Francisco defense. That's 24 players, people. 24. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lugie had Brock Purdy, Isaiah Pacheco, George Kittle, and Taylor Swift. I don't know why I saw that. Sean had Travis Kelsey, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, and Sam Darnold. And I simply had Patrick Mahomes. Now, while I won this thing, 
I don't brag because all you guys passed on Mahomes. I don't know what the hell you guys are thinking. Hmm. Well, it's less fun to pick one player. So, Teak, Sean, I got to apologize because I've been working with Evan longer. I should have realized he was manipulating us, and I didn't realize <laughs> that till I was going to sleep last night. I'm like, that son of a bitch manipulated us. How did I manipulate Because who set the Mahomes rule? Me. It was you. Yeah. Yeah, you did that because you knew our reaction would be, Oh, that's no fun. I want to have multiple players. <laughs> you knew the Chiefs would win. You knew Mahomes would, would get the MVP. So if you're picking early, you're going to get Mahomes. If you're picking later, you know we're going to pass on him because it's no fun. And you hoodwinked all of us just like you're always working a flim-flam. And I should be the better guy what? here. Know that. The flim-flam, a scam. You yeah, worked well, it. Loogie, you manipulated you us. you guys had the chance to take Patrick Mahomes. No. It's not my fault you took Brock Purdy. But be- it wasn't fun to take Pat Mahomes. Because what? he set that rule. Yes. Because he manipulated it so he could come on there and go, ho, ho, I got it. Right. I got a sport thing right. Uh-huh. I'm not even bragging that I got to write about Pat Mahomes. You bragged in the office. It smelled all your thoughts because I'm you're only, bragging about I'm it. Only, <laughs> honestly. I'm only, I'm only pointing it out because, and Tiki will tell you this, even though he was very, very, you know, into being prepared in case everything went down in Las Vegas and he had to broadcast, I texted our group chat numerous times how excited I was about the random MVP candidates yes. that emerged throughout this game. Right. You did. So, for he example, did, one guy who I thought had a legitimate chance to win was Juwan Jennings. Juwan Jennings, even though you spelled his name wrong. Yeah, why did you get so mad about that? Because it's a difficult name to spell. I, and spelled I, spent, the... I spent hours doing my board. Well, so first I, of all, I needed to make sure I did this correctly. Does everybody listening know how to spell Juwan Jennings? Juwan. I figured, like Juwan Howard, it was J-U-W-O-N. Yes. It is not. It's J-A-U-A-N. <laughs> but makes not, no sense. But, but, Tiki, we're not publishing a paper. I was texting you guys. It's Jawan. Jawan. Well, in the middle of that, my phone was sitting next to me, and my wife said, Tiki just texted you Jawan? I'm like, never mind. <laughs> that was all she saw on the pop of the screen. Jawan Jennings. <laughs> I think he was the favorite to win the MVP if the Niners won. Oh, he definitely was. Dude, he throws a touchdown pass. Christian McCaffrey had 160 or so all-purpose yards, so maybe it would have been debate, debatable. Yeah. But, I I mean, he caught one. I he think threw Ma- one. I think McCaffrey was making it close. But, yeah, throw one, catch one. Only guy in the history of the Super Bowl besides Nick Foles. Yes. So, I thought, holy crap, no one's going to get Juwan Jennings. And I was thinking, boy, Lugie really screwed up because yeah. with that last pick... He could have taken a lot of guys. And I'm not yep. suggesting you would have taken Juwan Jennings, but you took Taylor Swift. <laughs> like, you could have taken a human being that breathes. And, 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 and for the first time in a long time, she wasn't the MVP. Well, she technically fits that they description. They didn't show her a ton. I mean, they did, but it, wasn't, it didn't feel the same impact. But I was hoping Taylor Swift. for Juwan Jennings. And then once the game went to overtime, and I really thought this had a possibility, and this has never happened in the history of the Super Bowl, was that Harrison Butker mm. had a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl oh, MVP. Because think about this. At this point in the game, he was, and this is before anything happens in overtime, he's four for four, including the longest field goal in the history of the Super Bowl, even though it was a newer record Mm -hmm. because he passed Jake Moody. So he makes a 57-yard field goal, and he's perfect. If the Chiefs win that game, like let's just say hypothetically, on third and 13, there's no uh, defensive holding on McDuffie. And the Niners give the ball right back. Chiefs get it. And let's say Butker hits a game-winning 45-yard field goal. Yeah. And he finishes the game 5 for 5, game-time field goal, game-winning field goal, including the longest field goal in the history of the Super Bowl. 5 for 5, then that means he's half their points. Am I not crazy to say he would have won the MVP? Uh, Am I not? Just tell me if I'm wrong here. Probably still would have given it to Mahomes because Mahomes would had pro- like two hundred and what seventy yards at that point. 
Yeah, you probably take – see, Mahomes threw for 333. Figure you take about 40 yards yeah, away on that final so drive. he's got two nine, almost 300 yards. He, what, threw for one touchdown? Two. Two touchdowns. It would have been one, though, if one, he does yeah, it. Yeah, I'm saying one. Yeah. So one touchdown. I don't know. That, that would have been – I actually would have been interested to see that. Now, the question I had, and I saw this in real time, and I asked, I didn't, and I didn't get an answer. The They let the fans vote. Right, I think they're a part of right. the selection. So vote, it's, it popped up. Yeah, yeah, vote for the NFL MVP. And I asked the question, and then Tom was like, "What percentage is that of the vote? Like, is it is it fifty percent fans? I think it's like thirty three percent of them. Thirty percent fans, yeah, yeah. and then what's the who does the other sixty whatever percent? Like, is it the writers? Like, is it the, is it who who is it? So I have the answer. The NFL picks 16 media members covering the game to cast a ballot for MVP. That accounts for 80% of the vote. 80%. The other 20% of the vote comes from the fans. Oh, so the the fan vote is insignificant. Yeah, it's kind of like our elections. Like, you're not really voting. They just want you to think you are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. It's the electoral college. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. For those who don't know what Evan's talking about. But Harrison Butker. Could have won. Yeah. Like, I was hoping at the end of this game. I'm trying to think if the media members. Would have given if it. If he goes five for five with the longest field yeah. goal They ever. don't want to give it to a kicker, though. Why not? Because it's stupid. Like I mentioned. Because it's a could, kicker. But there you know, could have been well, Mahomes for But they're writers, right? Yeah. So I think the writers. Well, 16 media members. I don't know if they're all writers, to be fair. Well, media members. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think if they're like in line with Hall of Fame voters. Because if they are. It's, it won't be a kicker. It's never going to be a There's kicker. There's never been a kicker to win the MVP right, other than the regular season MVP by Mark Mosley. You're, cre- you're creating the narrative that you later on will evaluate that you created. Right. That That's what that is. But this would have been a special circumstance. It would have been. Longest but, but, field goal in Super Bowl history no, no, no. plus five for five. But, Evan, I'm telling you why they would put Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Because they're creating the narrative that they will then evaluate later on. It's their own narrative, but right. they're going to evaluate it whenever, 20 years from now. Right. Right. Pat Mahomes is a five-time Super Bowl winner and five-time Super Bowl MVP. We gave him that Super Bowl MVP. Nah, Therefore, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And you know what? <laughs> At the time, I was rooting for Butker, and I laid out the scenario where he could win. Yeah. But after the smoke had cleared, and I had a chance to think about things. Remember, I said earlier in the show, part of why I've been rooting for Kansas City is, A, I want my team to eventually knock him off, but also to dethrone the Patriots as yeah. a great dynasty. Well, guess what? Tom Brady... It's getting there. He didn't win the Super Bowl MVP in all of his Super Bowls. There were two in which he did not. That's right. In fact, Patrick Mahomes is now only the third quarterback in the history of the Super Bowl to win back-to-back Super Bowl MVPs, joining Bart Starr and Terry Bradshaw. Mm-hmm. So if anything, this enhances yeah. the Mahomes legacy more than me getting the cheap thrills of Harrison Butker right. winning Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. I got to tell you, I, I heard a lot. In this broadcast, not in the broadcast, it was mostly in the pregame stuff over the week. Like every like moment, people want to throw the extra platitude on somebody. They say first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Oh, this guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. And I think it's it's premature because nobody knows what the hell goes in the Hall of Fame. And if Antonio Gates is not a first ballot Hall of Famer, then I don't think you can say that random guys who are playing now who haven't finished their careers, are first ballot Hall of Famer. You're damn right. You want to know why but else? there is one guy who probably is. Who? Pat Mahomes. Well, <laughs> the one thing I'll counter, and this is for our 90-year-olds in the audience, I'm always looking out for you. Joe DiMaggio was not a yeah. first ballot Hall of Famer. There you go. 
There you go. I rest my case. And just admit you manipulated the game so you'd get Mahomes. I caught you. Just admit it. Oh, you're still on that list. Tiki, <laughs> why would he set that rule? Why would he set that rule? Because it's the the low. It was the easiest odds. It was like no, no, no. Thank you, Tiki. No, the that's BS. No, 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 no. Because I had the number one pick. If I had a million dollars to put on the MVP. And I, I had to spin the million dollars. I couldn't, like, shuttle it away and stick it under my mattress. And, mm-hmm. But I had to spend it on voting for the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. I would have put it on Pat Mahomes. Yeah, but if you had 10 extra bucks, you would have put it on someone else. So why couldn't you get an extra player if you drafted Mahomes? Because he manipulated the damn game. Because he thinks he's smarter than us. He pulled one over on us. Especially and he wants to I win. because I thought that the Chiefs were going to win. And if the, the Chiefs... Look, the Chiefs were middle-of-the-road team offensively this year. Like, defensively, you don't get def- – I mean, every now and then you do get a defensive MVP, but not really. It's the offense that, that dictates. And if the Chiefs were going to win the Super Bowl, it was going to be because Tiki. Pat Mahomes was – Pat Mahomes. He's crazy. Yeah. I know he is. No, I'm not. I, don't I see you if it's BS. No, a lot of people don't. wrong. All three of us could have took Pat Mahomes. I know. The fourth I, I know. He's got to get over it. It's I okay. I didn't, I didn't want Pat Mahomes. Yeah. I wanted to – I wanted to pick. And by the way, it was I wanted a, to have fun picking. Thank you. It was a stupid game on the radio. We didn't even right. bet anything. Exactly. Like, I didn't win anything. But it's a microcosm it. of the game we're playing here. Evan pulls the strings. This is one. He'll do it again. Just be on the lookout for Sean, this guy over no. here. Sean, watch out for him. He's nuts. No. Okay. You said it earlier, Luigi. You said it probably, I don't know, early October. Evan just had the script. <laughs> Yes, McCole Hardman finished his story before Cody Rhodes. (laughs) Let's go to uh, Ray in South Florida. What's up, Ray? What's up, Ray? What's happening, boys? Oh, good, man. So it's not a stupid game on the radio, because it led me to be creative with a Super Bowl pool with 10 people pick out of a hat for MVP. Is that right? Who won? Wait, who won? Who won? My daughter. My daughter. Oh, get out of here. Who did she she pick Mahomes? She got Mahomes, yeah. No, 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 no. It was out of a hat, so you didn't get to choose. You had had all the MVP candidates in a hat, and you just had to pick. That's actually how we should have It was the radio show that led me to that. Yeah, we should have done it that way. So, real quick. So, Evan, don't hang up on me, because I'm going to go against you and Tiki here. I'm going to defend Sean. Because I don't think he articulated right on the, on the time of the overtime. Go so, ahead. Go ahead. I'm, I, all right. So, Tiki, and, and you're going to respond, and I'd love to be able to respond to you. Go ahead. So, obviously, 60 minutes, tie game, you go to overtime. You can't go on just a 15-minute time period because nobody scores in the game. Doesn't, and there's high. So, you got to keep going in time. Okay. And you can't, can't do it in one quarter because just for the, the, the team that chooses to go one way. Now, most Super Bowls are climate-controlled. But what happens when they play in New York in five years or whatever it is, and it's a 60-mile-an-hour win one way? you got to be able to switch fields. So you have to have, at the end of 15 minutes, <laughs> yeah, right? you it, have to be able to. Well, hold yeah. on, Ray. Ray, hold on. It's a, a good point. It's a good point. It is a good point. A good but point. but if, if there are, like, swirling 60-mile-an-hour wins, it's going to get the sudden death really quickly. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to be able to th- rip the ball around the field and throw for it on third and eight. So – I know what you're saying. Your conditions create the, your solution, but it also creates an earlier problem. No, but, but, but Ray, Ray, it's, going, a great, going, Ray. it's a great point, but I don't think it means Tiki's rule can't occur. Like, I remember Marty Morningweg made the decision when he coached the Detroit Lions, and I, I think I got this right, that he won the coin toss back when it was sudden death mm-hmm. and, de- and decided to pick the side of the field as opposed to getting the ball. And he was right. greatly criticized for it. He made a strategic decision of, hey, this is more important than me getting the, the ball. Because so of the weather. Because of the weather. Yeah. So that would be the same decision in overtime that you'd have to start factoring in for that one quarter you're playing. Yeah. 
Okay, so well, what's the alternative? Because even Maurice Jones, Joe, and I don't blame people for not understanding the rules last night, he was asking Andy Reid to get, weren't you nervous there were three seconds left? The game wasn't ending at the end of the first quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but right? no, so, 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 so even MJD didn't understand the rule. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to knock him for that. But by the way, didn't. I didn't either. I didn't, I I didn't either. That. And, and, that's, yeah. and that was my rant earlier, Ray, is it, is it time has to mean something. Like the clock needs to mean something. And the fact yeah, that it doesn't. You can, Tiki, in overtime when you want to get a winner. You're not going to, like you mentioned before, soccer. You're not going to play two 15-minute periods. The guys would have a heart attack and die on the field, right? <laughs> These guys want to get off the field. That's no, but why. they do. But they do play two 15-minute periods. And well, like they, the Champions well, they, League, they, that's what they do. When it gets to the when it gets football. to the knockout round, you play two yeah. fifteen minute periods, and then if it goes another time, you're running can... around in shorts. Right. Yeah, true, true. But but These why? So, so so why why Ray? Do you want to play two fifteen minute overtimes in the NFL? These guys are going to die. You don't. You don't. But eventually, you, you got to figure eventually somebody's going to score. You'll play six overtimes like everyone was rooting for. We're all rooting for <laughs> to keep going and going. But those guys are dying on the field. Eventually, the game is going to end, right? So I think they're doing it right. You have to have a 15-minute Yeah, but, but Ray, game. all Tiki's saying is, how about there be two factors that can end the game? Either both teams possess the ball, right. or if time runs out on the quarter. Because think about it. How often in the history of the NFL has there been a possession that lasted with, with, 15 minutes? With one team leading. With one team and possessing the ball. If one team is leading, and and now I get this. like a, a, I'm trying to think of the longest ever I think it is like 12 minutes or something. Exactly. The it's long, not 15. The longest possession. I think the longest possession of all time is like 12 minutes. It's yeah. not 15 minutes. Right. So, so it's never happened is the point. Right. So, But just because it's not fair that the second team who gets a possession, so even if that A team just kicks a field goal in those 12 minutes, they get a possession, there should be an urgency to that possession. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Just like – at the end of a half or at the end of a game. Like, there needs to be an urgency to the clock at uh, in overtime, and there isn't any. Well, but you know what? And this is maybe what Sean was trying to say. I'll defend him. And he said this a few hours ago, if you missed it. We were talking about how at the end of the first overtime, where the game ended, the Chiefs had no urgency to win the game in the first overtime because even if the clock had expired down by three, they were still, they in- were still going to continue yeah, playing. Because they were still in their initial possession. Correct. In the past... Like, let's look at the last double overtime game we ever had in the NFL, which was a decade ago, between the Baltimore Ravens and the Denver Broncos. Okay? It's a double overtime game. Neither team scored in the first overtime. They got to a second overtime. The Ravens finally beat the uh, Broncos on a Justin Tucker game-winning field goal. There was no urgency for the clock then either. Yeah. Because it was still, hey, it's a tie game. Tie game. This clock doesn't matter. The first team to score wins. But it was it was sudden death. This was This is not sudden death because they've changed the rule. Now, this rule has been this way. This the second period of overtime. It's been this way since 2015 when they changed the rule. The only difference is that in 2015, if you scored a touchdown on your initial possession, the game was over. Correct. So they changed that because it was unfair because of Tom Brady, because of uh, Pat Mahomes. They go, they win the coin, call, uh, coin toss, and they just go down the field and score a touchdown. Game over. The other team, the kickoff team, in overtime doesn't get a chance to possess the ball. So they changed it. So that even if you score a touchdown, the other team gets a possession. The problem is that possession could it could go on forever. And by the way, we found out the longest drive ever in NFL history. Go ahead. Is 13 minutes. Wow. By guess who? 
Not the Jets. The New York football Giants. How about that? And guess who the quarterback was? Uh, Eli Manning. Sage Rosenfeld. What? <laughs> yeah. Sage Rosenfeld? And it was only because it was a 41 nothing blowout, and the Giants oh. ran the ball the entire fourth quarter to yes. get out of there. Yes. Wow. And that's still not a full quarter. So you can't, you can't actually do that. Sean's got a Cinco de Fivo list. We'll take more of your calls on the Super Bowl. And Kyle Shanahan goes on trial. More on this Super Bowl, including how Kyle Shanahan screwed everything up for the San Francisco 49ers, but it is 5 o'clock. Cinco de Fivo with Evan and Tiki on the fan. Cinco de Fivo is brought to you by Helix Wireless, connecting everything everywhere. And by Wendy's. Try the new pretzel baconator today. All right. Grab everybody around, cozy up by the fireplace. I'm giving you your top five Super Bowl commercials from last night. Oh, okay. All right, here we go. Here we go! Number five. It's the real deal. 100% electric. It's the real deal. Yeah. Hardy har har. That was a good one. It was Christopher Walken last night. Everybody was imitating. Everybody imitating him. The whole thing is about imitations. uh, And then he gets to usher at the end. But I laughed. Anytime you do a Christopher Walken imitation, it's funny. And it kind of felt real. Like he does that in real life. I wrote down three commercials that I really, really enjoyed. So you're one for one so far. Because I enjoyed the... Now, do you know what company it was for? That was for BMW. Okay. Very good. Okay. The reason I ask is because... (laughs) No, no, I'm not making fun of you. The reason I ask is sometimes the best commercials yeah. you laugh at, then you walk away and you're like, what was that even for? Which defeats the whole purpose. Yeah. I, see, that's the thing. I'm going to be, we're going to do live producing right now. I didn't know if I'm supposed to be giving away the, like, the brands because they're not, we're not, they're not like advertising. No, no, no. Really. It has nothing with advertising. It's more, did you realize what brand it was? Oh, gosh. Gotcha, to see okay. if it actually worked or not. All right. Well, I will let you know going forward. Okay. This. Here we go. Number four. Neighbor. Yeah. Neighbor. Just like it's written on the paper. Neighbor! That is short clip. State Farm had Arnold Schwarzenegger at the end with Danny DeVito. Got a couple cheap laughs from me. I, I must love admit. that one. That was two of them. I, I wrote, I wrote down three commercials, two for two. Surprised by it. Yeah. Did you see it before? I, I did not see a single commercial before I saw them. So I, had saw, I don't know why I saw that one before. How are you getting spoilers for the commercials? I don't know. I don't remember. Maybe it was on Paramount or something. I don't know. I saw it before. And it was extended. It was much longer. Right. So it was like chopper and all these other words that end in er that he couldn't say right. And so uh, yeah, when I fun. saw that commercial, it was like, eh, I already saw this. And by the way, in real time, Tiki just threw one word in there. Maybe a screw on my list. He mentioned Paramount. And I didn't include Paramount on the list. Because that commercial sucked. It's okay. The Which Peppa one? Pig pig ah, skin at the didn't end. Didn't like it. Oh, I thought it was dumb. Oh, big big it, belly laugh out of the Morris house. I'm glad. I'm glad you like throwing kids a- into walls. You found that funny. No, I it's, found the pigskin joke funny. Okay, football head. Okay, he's still a kid, and you're throwing him against no, the wall. You never saw Hey Arnold. He's a football kid. I know. I watched Hey Arnold. Number three, Eagles. Each year they must follow the path of migration, marking the season's end. Does anybody know what that was? No. NFL Sunday ticket ad for next year. It ran either right before or right after the national anthem before kickoff, like right in that window. 
And it was the Ravens, the Seahawks, and the Eagles players as actual birds migrating south for the end of football season. I didn't see that at all. Yeah. And then the Seahawk players are landing on like a cabin at the birdhouse and they're squawking yeah. at the people. It was bizarre. It was because it was actual yeah. players. It, it was players <laughs> it was as birds. Really I was cracking up. I thought it was incredibly well <laughs> wow. done. And I, thought, I basically said, "YouTube, take my money. I'm back next year." I thought I watched every commercial. You know I must have missed. You know what's funny, Sean? Yeah, I did not even know what that commercial was for. Oh, I knew at the end. I'm like, oh, I'm in Sunday ticket. It was great. Oh, stop lying. You're in no matter what. I know, but it really saw. I will give my money. Your they own. could put a giant ass as a commercial. You're still getting YouTube TV NFL Sunday thing. <laughs> this show puts me up for four hours. It's the same thing as a giant Number ass. Number two. Holy, you can talk. And then she says, <laughs> and boom, Hellman saves the leftovers. <laughs> oh my gosh, this cat is talking. <laughs> Come on, nobody think that I was I don't fun? remember that one. What was it's, that? It's, uh, oh, what is her name? She's the Saturday Night Live. Tina Fey? Not Tina Fey. Because she had a commercial. Yeah, she That was on Oh, I'm forget. Oh, McKinnon. Uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. So she has a cat that instead of saying meow, is going meow. And it sounds like mayo. So it dawns on her. The cat gets famous and she becomes uh, a mayo spokesperson. It resonated with me because when I was a kid, my dad told us our cat said milk every time he took out the milk. And for years, I told my teachers that not realizing that's the cat was just number, me on. That's your number two? <laughs> oh, I was laughing hysterical. All right. All right. Uh, that's personal. All right. Number one. <laughs> number one. Did y'all hear what JB just said? Hashtag couple goals. Wait, do they think we're a couple? I was talking about the hot honey. Oh, you have nothing to say? That was the Tiki Barber commercial. Tiki Barber sits with us every day, and he was in a Super Bowl commercial with Tommy DeVito doing the DeVito signal. Yeah, but you know what? I, I didn't realize this. Hints, man. Yeah. I gave you hints, boys. This is Tiki Barber. He gave us hints in the very last minute of Friday's show. <laughs> the show's about to end. We're ready for the weekend. It's Super Bowl weekend. And all of a sudden, Tiki's like, I really want to get pizza hot. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is he talking about? Like, unless we have a new advertiser, why the hell is he talking about Pizza Hut? Like, no offense, I like Pizza Hut, but we live in New York. Yeah. It's New York pizza. Right. And so I had no idea what the hell he was saying. And then all of a sudden, I'm sitting there. All, like This is hours before the game started. I don't even know how I saw this because I wasn't even watching the pregames, but I had it on and I yeah. walked past it. And all of a sudden, I see Tommy DeVito with somebody. I don't know who the hell she is. Antonia Gentry. Is she, is she real? She's an actress. Yes. Oh, she's an actress? Yes. And then I see Tiki in the commercial <laughs> talking about how Tommy DeVito's in a couple with this uh, the, the the woman. Hey, it's Tiki Barber. She I can't. I tried to tag her. I posted it on my social media. I tried to tag her, but I don't. She doesn't follow me, so I didn't uh, tag her. But wow. I did. I did tag. Tommy. So you were basically telling us on Friday you had a Super Bowl I was commercial telling without, you without telling, us. telling you. Yeah, yeah. Just like I told you what I was doing on Sunday without telling you. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know you were in the Great. broadcast center as the right. designated survivor. You see me do these all year long. <laughs> what, do I, what do I do these for? I don't know. You keep charts. What, of, what do I do these for? Football depth charts. I don't yes, know. I don't do this for nothing. Well, I do a lot I of weird stuff on my tablet. What the hell reason. does that mean? Yes, but you've seen me do these from 10 weeks. Right now, Tiki's holding up his yeah. depth chart. Yeah. Me and Tiki had different uses of oak tag and markers yesterday. Mine were Super Bowl boxes, but very good. Did I miss any? Would I miss any Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, you missed my favorite one, which was what? My favorite one was the Ben uh, Affleck Jennifer Lopez Tom Brady one. <sighs> I have to admit it, even though Tom was in it and J Lo wanted to sleep with Tom at the that end was of it, the Dunkin' one. Yeah, yeah. Dunkin' yeah. Donuts commercial. Yeah, and I want to make great. it very clear: I spend a lot of money in Dunkin' Donuts. I love Dunkin' Donuts. They are great with my beverages. They're great with my donuts. 
it was very Boston force. Mm. Yeah, but I, even though I'm much. not a Boston it guy, was. it was funny. You're right, it was. It I'm, had a little too much. I'm over the Brady, Matt Damon, right. Ben Affleck. Basically, anybody that farts near a Boston street <laughs> is together thing. Do you ever watch the movie Goodwill Hunting? Yes. Did you like the movie Goodwill Hunting? Sure, I did. They made a lot of references to Goodwill Hunting. Mm. I thought that was kind of creative. Yes, I'm, I'm not saying the commercial wasn't creative. I'm just whenever I see the Boston triumvirate, right. basically my immediate reaction is gag. What about J Lo being involved? But there was a lot of under 30-year-olds who had no idea. Well, okay. I'm Just 40. <laughs> what can I tell you? But I'm saying, if you're 25, you're like, good, well, honey, what is that? Well, I mean, if you're 25, did you understand the halftime show? Are you that uh, into Usher? Well, Are you that into Ludacris? It's music. Yeah, but music sometimes is generational. Yeah, but Usher is Usher. I, dude, I like the halftime show, but I'm saying just to retort what you're talking about about age, if it you're was, 25 years old, were you into that halftime show? Was, I have no it idea. Was, it was okay until my girl came out. Oh, Alicia? First of all, she's yeah. my girl more than she's your no, girl. She's I sang girl. to her. First once. of all, it's neither of you girls if you're not calling her my boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, the, that's the other way around. I once sang, boo is a, boy. I once sang a song to yeah. Alicia Keys. Did Bell. you ever sing a song to Alicia Keys? Belle is a girl. Like, you're talking about your girl, you're like, that's my Belle. I never knew that. You say really? boo. Belle's a character on Beauty and the Beach. Be- Beauty it's, and the be- yeah, Beast. B-E-A-U. It's a male. But the song is spelled B-O-O. I, I know, but it's a takeoff. It's like the... Oh, I thought Boo stood for booty, which would be yeah, like, yeah, girl, no. you got that booty rocking. No. <laughs> no. All right, get the hell out don't of here. Don't ever call another guy your boo. Build that ass first. All right, five today. Thank you, Sean. Say good at five every day, five o'clock. Now, let's get to Kyle Shanahan. He screwed up. And Kyle Shanahan is now the architect of one, two, three, four... Major collapses in NFL history. This wasn't a major collapse. Yes, it was. They had a two-score. They had a two-digit lead at the half or before the half against the Kansas. They were up to nothing in this game. That's not a big collapse. No, I mean they had two multiple three-point leads. One at the end of the fourth quarter. One at the in the middle of overtime. Yeah, but this one didn't feel epic. I mean, twenty-eight-three. That's epic. Well, I didn't put 20, it on the same 20, page as 20, that. Twenty to ten and getting outscored twenty-one to. What was it? Nothing. Mm-hmm. Right in the fourth quarter. That's epic. Don't leave out the NFC title game. They had a double digit lead in that game as well. Great. Against I the Rams. I forgot about that one. Yeah. You're right. So that's but four this, games. This, this one didn't feel epic. In fact, I remember saying after the Chiefs went up 13 to 10, mm-hmm. I was like, well, at least there's not going to be an epic collapse. It wasn't. <laughs> right. Look, because I mean, he ultimately just had a four point, or no, actually only a three point league because they missed the extra point. I get if you're comparing this to Patriots Falcons. If you're comparing this to the first meeting in the Super Bowl, yeah, sure. 54. I'm not saying if I rank the four collapses, this one's the worst. But they had a 10-0 lead in this game. Kyle Shanahan, and you could look this up. I don't know the answer. But I'm going to guess there hasn't been many head coaches that has had three double-digit leads in a Super Bowl or championship game and lost them. And obviously, as offensive coordinator, he had an even bigger lead in the Super Bowl back in 2016. So if it walks like a duck, it's a duck. (laughs) But look, to me, where Kyle screwed this thing up, there are three reasons. Number one, at the end of regulation, when you know you're going up against Patrick Mahomes and you're in a tie game with a fourth and four from the Kansas City 36-yard line, you're given a choice. Choice number one is what he did. Yep. Have Jake Moody, who's been inconsistent all year and just had an extra point blocked, kick a 53-yard field goal. If he makes it, great. I'm still going to overtime at best because there's no way with a minute 53 to go, I'm stopping the Kansas City Chiefs. It's not happening. So even if you kick the field goal, it's either overtime or you lose because Mahomes gets in the end zone. Yeah. So why not go for it 
and then continue to milk the clock. Because if you succeed on fourth and four, you win the game. You win the game. The Chiefs have a couple of timeouts that they're forced to use. You burn the clock and you win. So mistake number one. Right. What was what was how much time was left on that? It was that, right at the two minute warning. So the two minute warning. So a buck fifty five so to go. In theory, if they go for it and don't make it, now they have to just play defense. Right. If so they go for it and don't it's make tie, it's it, a tie game. They have to keep Butker from. They have to keep keep the Chiefs from going about twenty five yards. And kicking the field goal, you're going to lose the game. I admit that. No, like you're no, no, likely no. to lose the game. No, no, I'm talking about in regular. In you're talking about in overtime. I'm talking about regulation, oh. one at a time. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. In regulation, I'm thinking of overtime and overtime. Well, that's number three. I'm right. only at number one on how Kyle <laughs> oh, Shanahan geez. screwed up. I'm like a lawyer here. Jeez, number one, giving the right act here. But, but hold on, tell me where I'm wrong. It's a tie game. You're asking your young kicker to kick a 53 yard field goal. If he makes it, you're still in the best case scenario, only going to overtime. If he misses it, it's over. If you go for it and make it, you probably win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Tell me when I'm telling lies. That's a huge screw-up. Yeah. Yeah. You agree they, with me? Yes, because then they they give that's with they give the ball back to Pat Mahomes with a minute and fifty left. Correct. And he goes out and kicks a field goal. That's right. So at the end of regulation, if you go for it there and you miss it. Game's over. You're losing anyway. I admit that. Right. But if you make it, you're winning the Super Bowl in all likelihood. Because the Chiefs have two timeouts. There's under two minutes to go. And you can milk the clock and possibly just kick the game-winning field goal and have the game be over. That's mistake number one. Mistake number two to the Number pros- two. Thank you to the prosecution <laughs> listening, which is everybody out there on how Kyle Shanahan screwed up the Super Bowl. Number two, when you win the coin toss... You don't take the football. You give it to Kansas City. And the reason you give it to Kansas City is because if they score a touchdown, then you come back and you can score a touchdown and go for two and end it right then and there. You just know, and we've been talking about this all day. To me, taking the ball gives you the advantage, assuming that both of you score a touchdown, because you get the extra possession. Correct. That, that that's how I saw it. That's how I saw it in real time, and that's actually how I'm thinking about it still. And but can it, you think about it still, knowing what Chris Jones told us after the game? Um, yes. and for those that didn't hear, here's what Chris Jones told us after the game: the Kansas City Chiefs strategy would have been. For two weeks, we talked about the new overtime rule and how we was going um, get the ball to the opponent if we uh, if they scored, we was going for two at the end of the game. We kind of rehearsed it, and um, yeah. So Chris Jones is telling us, hey, if we won the coin toss, we were giving the ball to the Niners first. The Niners took the ball first anyway. Yep. If the Niners scored a touchdown, the Chiefs were going to try to score a touchdown and then go for two and go yeah, for the win. And Pat Mahomes subsequently also said that when they took the ball and then they kicked the field goal, it just gave us it gave us clarity on what we had to do. Mm-hmm. That means fourth down, we got to go for it. So my my only like gripe with Kyle Shanahan, and I think this is your third issue where he screwed this up is that when you're first and 15 on the 15 yard first and 10 on the 15 yard line yes. going in yes it it has to be touchdown or bust yes it absolutely this, Correct. this is the only thing i disagree with which Kyle Shanahan did because in that moment kicking a field goal is not winning you the super bowl no you're probably losing the super bowl you are if you kick a field goal you're losing the super bowl correct and so you have to score a touchdown 
and he ran the same play twice, split zone, ran it twice. Why one of the great play callers in the NFL this season ran the same play twice, I have no idea. Because he choked some big spots, Tiki. Maybe. He choked in big spots, got six yards on first down, by the way, and then choked in the last two. The second one wasn't his fault. It was the right guard's fault. But on fourth and I guess it was four. Fourth and four. Fourth and four. From the Kansas City nine-yard line. From the nine-yard line. Yes. You have to go for it. You have to go for it. You have to, your best play, your two-point play, whatever it is, go for it because you have to keep the ball and you have to kick, you have to score a touchdown. So as I put Kyle Shanahan on trial, uh, the defense attorney for Kyle Shanahan has given me point number three. Number three. I've conceded that point. Thank you very much. But here is point number four. (laughs) Number four. And this is where nobody can argue. There is no other side to this. Go ahead. The San Francisco 49ers as a team had no earthly idea about the overtime rules. Yeah, that's great. They were unprepared. As didn't most people. Forget most people. I don't care about most people. I don't care about me, you, Sean, or anyone listening. I care about the players on the field. The Kansas City Chiefs, whether it was Pat Mahomes or it was Chris Jones, knew full well. You just heard the Chris Jones clip. They knew because Andy Reid was telling the guys all week for the last few weeks, here are the overtime rules. On the other side, we've got audio just to give you an example. In fact, you know, uh, Lugie, pull me Kyle Juszczyk. Let's pull him because that's a veteran who you think would know the rules of overtime. This is a smart guy. Kyle's 32 years old. Right. He's He's a Harvard guy. He's a Harvard guy? And he's played in the Super Bowl before. And he's played in the Super Bowl. Hey, Kyle. What'd you know about the overtime rules? You know what? I didn't even realize that the the playoff rules were different mm. in overtime. So I I assumed you just want the ball because you score a touchdown and win. But I guess that's not the case. Um, so I don't really I don't totally know the strategy there. No, no, no. We haven't talked about it. No. Why would we talk about it? Why would we have a coach that would prepare ourselves? And those are the four cases why Kyle Shanahan is guilty of blowing the Super Bowl. Mm. I mean, it's hard to argue. It really is hard to argue. I want now, I, now for anyone out there. The last two in particular. Thank you. The for last any, two in particular. For anyone out there who says, but Evan, that's not the only reason. No, I get it. Christian McCaffrey putting the ball on the ground on the opening drive. Brock Purdy missing an open. Brandon Ayuk in the end zone. Not stopping Mahomes on third and ten on that mm-hmm. final drive where the Chiefs put points on the board. Going three and out after Mahomes throws a rare interception. Luther touching the ball on special teams that turns into a huge turnover. Having the extra point blocked. All those things. Yeah, I just laid them out for you. Yeah. All of them contributed to. And probably those were probably more impactful. <laughs> just say the I actual mean- on-field stuff. Was likely more impactful. They were all especially, impactful. So I know the Christian McCaffrey fumble. It, it 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 stopped the drive because they were they were moving the ball early. It stopped the drive, but they didn't give up any points. The one that mattered the most was the was the punt, and and it was really because I know Luton, um, inadvertently as a rookie, falls back into it. It hits him in the heel. But Ray 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 McLeod, who is the punt returner has got to just fall on the ball. Yes. Don't be a hero. It's not your place to be a hero right there. And, like, to me, this is special teams coaching, and I see this all over the NFL. It's so bad, NFL special teams coaching. Guys don't know what to do in these moments, and it it loses you football game. Mm. That was why they ultimately lost this game, because that was a one-play touchdown for the Kansas That was City one of the reasons why they lost the game. To me, that was the, a turnover in the red area, the short red area, Pat Mahomes didn't have to work. You know what? Throws it to a wide open McCole Hartman. I mean, uh, MVS. Okay. 
Right? That, to me, that that was when the game turned. Okay, but yes, the game turned that way. Because heretofore, they were dominating the Chiefs. I agree with the you. Chiefs, but they couldn't score. I understand that, but here's the flaw with your logic on this. When Kansas City has the ball down 16-13 with five and a half minutes to go, and it's a fourth and goal from the six-yard line, mm-hmm. instead of kicking a game-tying field goal, they're trying to score a touchdown. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, same thing at the end of regulation. If they aren't down by three, they're going to try to score a touchdown. So the whole game plays out differently. So while I agree it was a pivotal moment. Yeah, but if they make the extra point, it's, they, it plays out differently oh, as well. I agree. Right. But, but how can you assume the Chiefs don't score? Because you get. You, how can you assume that? Because to me, one of the most important things in the NFL. Now, maybe I'm stupid and I don't know football. But to me, one of the most important things are possessions. And what results in those possessions? Math tells you the more possessions you have, the more chances you have to score. Of course. Therefore, the better chance you have to win. So when you gift the Kansas City Chiefs a possession on the 15-yard line or wherever the hell that punt, that, that muff punt was, you're asking yourself to lose, especially in tight games. But, Tiki, I completely agree with you. I want to make that clear. Of course that play changed the game. Of course it gave them an extra possession. Yes, agree. It, yeah. The Chiefs will run things differently on those final two possessions of regulation if they need touchdowns instead of just settling for field goals. Yeah, but you were doing a good job. That's my point. Steve Wilkes and this 49ers defense was doing a good job of containing and frustrating, making Travis Kelsey assault his head coach, all those things. They were, they were, they were doing a good job of it early in the game. And as soon as you give them the advantage, it's like ugh, you're, you can't win. You can't give teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, who are now dynastic, you can't give them any advantage. And the 49ers, unfortunately, handed it to them, both from coaching but also from what they did on the field. Peyton is in Roxbury, New Jersey. How are you, Peyton? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? What's up? Good. What's up? So um, I just wanted to say how I think we got robbed of an all-time, not just NFL moment, but sports moment by San Fran getting stopped to a field goal at the uh, start of overtime. Yeah. Because like you just said, none of them knew the new rules. <laughs> so if they did score a touchdown, that entire sideline would have been reacting like they just won the Super Bowl, and then it would have hit them like, oh, crap, Patrick Mahomes is getting the ball back. Peyton, that is hilarious. I didn't even think about about that. Well, I thought – Because, by the way, they said that. The 49ers said that. They didn't know that it wasn't sudden death if you scored a touchdown. They thought it was still the 20 – 16 rules, or yeah, 20, 50, whatever yeah. year that changed. If you score a touchdown, the game's over. <laughs> Can That's you imagine funny. that? So it's funny. I There were two things I thought he was referring to, Wait, which were is... the 49ers in the playoffs in 2022 when this changed? They were, right? They've been in the playoffs every year. Yeah, yeah. they were there, but how, they just don't... How in the world? Because Kyle Shanahan's clueless, Tiggy. Yeah, but he was the coach. So yeah. he, so yeah. he didn't these... tell his players anything. He, did he not tell them then? Bro, you just heard, like, I'm not being a hater right now. Kyle, I have Usyk, no... is, Kyle Usyk has been a 49ers fullback yeah. his entire but career, Tiki, correct? Tiki, I'm not being a hater when I say we are playing audio of San Francisco 49er players, guys who've been on this team before. In fact, get Eric Armstead real quick, Lugie. Eric Armstead, who's been on the Niners for how many years? At, at least eight. How long has seven, he been here? Seven or eight. So Eric Armstead was asked also about the overtime rules. I didn't even know about the new overtime, uh, playoff overtime rule, so it was a surprise to me. Um, yeah, I didn't even really even know what was going on in terms of that. I, they put it on this, the scoreboard, and everyone was like, oh, even if you score, they get a chance still. So. Would the coaching staff ever 
approach that at all this week? Letting you guys know that if there is a time when it goes to OT, like these rules are different? I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware of it. Um, yeah, this is eighth yeah, year, so. by the way. Eighth, eighth season. Yeah, this is really, 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 really bad. I want people to understand this. If this was the Jets or Giants, <laughs> we would be losing our collective minds. But my point was, in 2022, when this rule changed, yeah. and the 49ers were in the playoffs, Yes, was this not discussed? No, because Kyle Shanahan doesn't know. Because... <laughs> Dude, did you just listen to the players? If they didn't know this year, they didn't know last but year. But I can't believe that this wasn't yes. discussed. I can't believe. I, I refuse You're to accept it. that. You're on it. <laughs> My guess and gut has to be, at some point, these players were talked to. The beginning of the playoffs, I mean, there are some at the playoffs. But they go through, and you know this, the meetings and everything so intricate that this part, Kyle Shanahan didn't prioritize. Why well, the Chiefs now? Because the, the rule was built around them. They I only think they knew the because outlier. the rule was built around no, no. them. Evan, I think these players it's not, knew. It's not real to them. Like, it's, way, not, it's not real to the 49ers because they haven't been they haven't in that been situation. There. And Armstead said they showed it up on the board. So, like, the players took the field. So, that celebration thing wouldn't have happened knowing the rules. But what it comes down to is you're still playing football. The coach has to know the rules, coaching it through. I don't think it's as important as you think it is as long as the coach knows what the hell's going on. See, what, yeah. what, what I think is well, disingenuous on your part is that if this was a giant game, and we heard from giant players after a Super Bowl or any postseason game no, saying right. we didn't know. You're right. We'd lose our sure. mind. Are they now, screaming I get it. in San Francisco right I, now? I don't know. And I understand that here in New York we'll move on from the Super Bowl tomorrow. We're not going to spend days and days and days talking about it. But in this moment, on this day where the entire country is talking about the Super Bowl, let us shine a light on the incompetence of what happened in that overtime sure. from Kyle Shanahan. Coaching and I got matters. nothing personal against him. Why would I care? Coaching matters, that's for sure. But of course coaching matters. I think when you're a fan of the team, like we would be screaming, when you're an IFO, Evan, mm-hmm. I think uh-huh. you take a step back and realize, in the end, I don't think the players on the Niners took the field and were at a disadvantage because some of them didn't realize the rules until they popped up on the board. Well, one thing I do want to add is Peyton and Roxbury says we were lost out as an audience on a great all-time moment of the Niners thinking they won the Super Bowl if they scored a touchdown. Take it a step further, because he's actually right, jokes aside. Let's say the Niners scored the touchdown, okay? And they go up by seven, they kick the extra point. Because I assume Kyle Shanahan is simply kicking the extra point. And now the Chiefs get the ball. And Andy Reid's message to Mahomes and Chris Jones is accurate. If we score a touchdown, we're going for two. I want everyone to imagine that moment. Yeah. The Super Bowl in overtime comes down to a two-point conversion with Patrick Mahomes on the field. I mean, oh, my God. That would be yeah. singularly the most dramatic moment in the history of the Super Bowl. So, it's in, you know, it's interesting. There's no moment that can match that, by the way, in the history of the Super Bowl. Not one. No. That could match that moment if we got it. What, where they, they think they won? <laughs> no, I'm sorry, down a point with uh-huh. the Chiefs going for two. Oh, oh Not yeah, a yeah. damn thing. Because even when the Patriots scored with the walk-off in overtime, it, it wasn't like that because even if Atlanta stops them, right. then they get the ball. Like, the game wasn't coming down to one play, win or lose, no. the way it potentially could have come down to if Andy Reid was telling the truth to Chris Jones so, and so, Patrick so Mahomes Peyton that was, they would have gone for Peyton two. Peyton was talking about the embarrassment of the 49ers thinking they had won. Yes. Versus what you're saying, yes, going for it for two. I'm taking it a step further that if the Niners scored the touchdown and the Chiefs truly went for two, we would have been given the most dramatic moment in the history of football. And that's not hyperbole. A two-point conversion to win the Super Bowl. In overtime, yes. In overtime. I mean, what are we talking about? But again, I, I have to go back. I don't. 
I need to see that happen before I trust that it actually would have happened. You think he was lying to his players? I don't know if he was lying to his he players. He told his players I'm sure that. he's telling them, be prepared for, be prepared for this because that's what I'm going to do. But do you know that Cajones is going to take to actually go for two so with the game on the line? The game this isn't done. a regular season. This isn't Dan Campbell against the Dallas Cowboys in regular in in the end of the regular season, which had some playoff implications. Ultimately, didn't matter because they still got to the championship game. But still, right? This is the Super Bowl. But Tiki, Tiki, and I, you're gonna you're gonna go for two to he, win it. Here's why it makes complete sense. Just hear me out on this because it's sudden death afterwards. Yes, I get it. I yes. get it. I what get do you that. have a better chance of doing? Converting on a two point conversion or kicking the extra point and then stopping no, the Niners from even I, kicking a field goal? I, I think you're better off stopping the Niners. You had the Niners stopped in overtime. You had a you had a holding call. Yeah, but the all they need is the a field goal. Down. All they need is a field goal. So. And think about it. They hadn't stopped him on the last three possessions. So I know Peyton called this, and, and he was talking about this Super Bowl potential embarrassment for the 49ers. Yes. Thinking they won if they didn't. Thinking they would have won if they if they didn't. And the moment, Tony Romo said the same thing. Tony, did he? What did he say? He to- said the Niners could win the Romo, game. Tony because, because of the pressure on the third down play. Mm-hmm. Remember on fourth down, they kicked the field goal. But on the third down play. The pressure gets right into Brock Purdy's face. It was a it was a miscommunication. The the right guard he he turned when he shouldn't have. He should have just blocked man. The right side had man protection, so you block the guy right in front of you. Who happens to be Chris Jones, by the way? It's the last person you just kind of want to leave and lingering in midair right there. So Tony Romo is describing what's going on in the pass pass play. He's like. They had the Super Bowl. They had the, the oh, win. Right, he did say that. They had the win to Jawan Jennings. <laughs> that's right on the right side. And in the moment, we're like, "That's not right." They yeah. still get another possession. And so, maybe Tony was confused, and I, maybe that's why when the Chiefs go down to the, it was explained to him obviously. Mm-hmm. So when the Chiefs go down and they're scoring, getting ready to go into score, he's over-explaining that this game isn't about the time. Like, it's not about the clock. It's about the possession, right. and not the clock. So now I have a <laughs> Peyton cued my mind to that moment because I yeah. remember Tony Romo saying that. I remember him saying it too. And you know what I thought at the time? And I'm, I guess I'm giving Tony too much of the benefit of the doubt. I thought he was just being overly dramatic, like, "Oh, they're they're gonna go ahead." Like a team scoring in the top of the 11th inning, they didn't yeah, win yeah. the game, but yes. they have a really good chance right. to win the game. That's the that's a Super Bowl winning touchdown right there. A no, game, it's not actually a three that puts you ahead with 1.2 seconds left. Like yeah. it's not a buzzer beater. Yeah. The game's still not over, yes. but. Then again, no, I, I just can't wait till next year when it's Tom Brady screwing all this stuff up. <laughs> I'm going to find that much I'm more enjoyable. Yeah, it's a, it is a lot, especially with the rules in the regular se- season being different than the rules in the in the postseason. And this is not like baseball where, you know, you have the extra the extra runner. The, right, because in it, baseball it just goes back to regular exactly. rules in the playoffs. It's it, kind of It goes simple. back to something like easily digestible. Something we've seen for 120 years. That's exactly right. And the game is slower. It's just not as fast. Like, more, the NFL is flying in front of you. No doubt. More of your calls. You want to try to defend Kyle Shanahan and be his defense attorney? Good luck. 877-337-6666. What's great about the Super Bowl being on February 11th is that the next day we all talk about it, then the day after that, spring training starts. And it makes you feel really, really good that baseball's on its way back. Holy cow, already? But we're being greeted by a super snowstorm tomorrow. <laughs> so, yay, the Mets are having a catch in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Right. Yay, Sean Manaya's luscious hair is flying through the Florida sun. We're going to be buried with like nine inches of snow. And Are we going to Tampa tomorrow? 
You want to go to training? <laughs> Spring training. I mean, right? It's there. We have a reason. So you don't want to deal with the big snowstorm tomorrow? You think the architect would allow that? We get up close and personal with the Yankees. Maybe take a trip over to Port St. Lucie for a day. Yeah, I think it depends on the price of the airplane tickets. <laughs> Which, with a day's notice that a snowstorm hitting tomorrow, is probably uh, not yeah, a good answer. Because everybody's getting the hell out of town. Are you not excited about the fact that we're going to get like a legitimate uh, snowstorm in this area? I'm just, I mean, I am excited, but I'm also not. Because I, I, honestly, I want to come into work. I like coming in. And, no, I and do too. This. I'm going to so make every like, effort to come in, but there's no guarantee. And so doing it at home, I, my kids are going to be home too. Like I don't, I haven't gotten the note. I haven't checked my email yet, but I'm positive the kid's school is going to get canceled. Well, I, and I, so like doing my show at home is great, but it's hard when there's kids. In no, the I agree. I don't think Lugie <laughs> understands this. Lugie believes that, and I'm sure there are some people like this who prefer to work at home. I don't think Tiki and I, I can't speak on Sean, prefer that. Like, I love my kids, but the last thing I want to do is know they're running around like crazy (laughs) while we're trying to do important business. Yes. But... And yeah, I, so I've got to I got to mute the comrades and be like, "Quiet! I'm on the yeah. air. Stop yelling!" <laughs> but I got to know. Turn it back on. <laughs> I got a note that I'm sort of annoyed about. Which so is? my oldest son's school has already been canceled for tomorrow, which I totally get. There's a big snowstorm, canceled, so I'm not canceled. Can, well, sort of canceled. Okay. They're having one of those days where they're doing school from home. What do they call that? Digital learning? Yeah. Virtual learning. Virtual remote learning. learning. Remote, remote learning. Remote. I yeah. am all for remote learning. Okay. But when you're getting a real snowstorm, like a real snow day, yeah, you got to have a real snow aren't, day. Aren't they baked in? Shouldn't they be baked in? Well, they already used a few because it was icy outside three Wednesdays ago. Yeah, but I think there's got to be like a week of snow days, right? I, I would and hope there's so. There's no way we've used a week of snow days already. I, I don't think we have, but I, I feel bad for my kid because... He's got to be home and he's got to work. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I get it. If there was a week of snow days, I'd say, hey, listen, after a day or two, go do virtual learning. I'm not anti-virtual learning. I'm anti the fact that my son's not going to get to wake up tomorrow the way I woke up 25 Mm. years ago. Well, maybe more than that now. 28 years ago. Keep going, buddy. 30 years ago. And I was always so excited about no school. The price is right. (laughs) Let's go sleigh riding. Right. It was always go find the biggest deal. Right. Call, call up your buddies. Yes. You get the long corded phone. Yes. And go go in, a, go in the hallway and be like, where are you guys going? Get your sleds. Where are we going? And then you'd go meet. That's and right. And you'd be gone all day. Oh, we played football in the actual street because you could finally tackle yeah. the street without it hurting. <laughs> Listen, whatever you did, you did something. And yes. the point is, my kids aren't going to do that. No. Like by 8.30 a.m., they got to be locked in there doing virtual school. Is it a full day virtual school or is it more like a half a day? I think so. I don't know for sure, but it wow. seems like it's a full day. That's lame. Let yeah. them play in the snow. See, we haven't done that with the with the ice days. We've just had either half days or full. We've had full snow days. Right. So we haven't had the virtual learning. In fact, I don't think we've had the virtual learning since COVID. We haven't done it. A oh, lot. really? Well, yeah, I'm getting that, one that tomorrow. That must be a Westchester thing. <laughs> it's, a <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, Westchester. it's not a Jersey thing. <laughs> well, good luck tomorrow in the snowstorm. We will be on the air no matter what. It keeps getting worse by the minute, by the way. <laughs> Well, you say worse. I think it's exciting. Like nine inches. No, no, no. Is great. I mean, just the forecast. Every every time I read it, it's like, all right, here we go. Here we go. There's another inch. Well, how many inches are acceptable for you? Uh, <laughs> what are we talking about? What do you guys? <laughs> snow. What do you think we're talking oh, about? Snow. Snow. Uh, uh. That is an average size. Uh, I'd say nine, ten. Yeah, that's a big storm. 
See, give me nine, ten inches. Right. That's a snowstorm. Right. That's right that's you can go sledding. You don't have to worry about going in the street. Yes, because nobody's coming. Yeah, I'm a three and a half inch guy. Well, no, that's not a real snowstorm. And by the way, neither of you grown men are the ones that go and shovel your own driveway. Yes, and stuff we like me, do. Right? I have a I snowblower. Shovel my sidewalk. But you pay somebody to do your driveway. Totally, no, Gianni does it. Oh, who the hell's Snooky's uh, Nicole's husband? Oh. Nicole. Well, first of all, he may be Nicole. She doesn't even go by Nicole. It's she goes by Nicole. So this is where Tommy tells you what your friend goes by, even though you know. <laughs> well, so. but Sean, you're doing the same thing to me. You guys are telling me I don't shovel or get right. rid of the snow. Me and my father-in-law work together. Side Whoa. by side. Team. Back that up. Back team. that up. Back me that and up. my father-in-law work together. You got this poor guy out there shoveling snow? <laughs> no. I he throws out his back or whatever? breakfast, Excuse he's me. going to prepare a nice I like, bouillabaisse or something for lunch. <laughs> this poor guy. He should be in Florida playing pinochle, and you got I, him doing everything for him. I shovel the snow. He gets to do the fun stuff with the snowblower. He likes to snowblow. Mm. So he snowblows the crap out of my driveway. Our snowblower is awesome, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so who's doing the fun stuff? Am I doing the fun stuff? No. I'm shoveling. I'm working these big muscles that I have. These big, you see this thing? Mus- muscles. Hit we, a tanning booth. We call that, <laughs> the sun is free, by the way. <laughs> we call that snow muscles. But anyhow, hopefully everybody is safe tomorrow and uh, you're okay. Let's go to Tim in Northport, New York. What's up, Tim? What's up, Tim? Hey, guys. Love the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. What's up? Um, hey, uh, Evan, I know you know what next Monday is. <laughs> what is well, next I... Monday? Hold on a second. Oh, it's President's Day. That's right. Yeah. Okay. That is correct. Yeah. Guys, do you realize if we postpone the Super Bowl one week, millions of Americans will have President's Day off yes. the very next day. Instead yes. of the 16 million that called in sick today. Yeah, I think that there are two ways to make this happen, and we are headed towards that eventuality where the Super Bowl is the it's Sunday already, before it's President's set up to happen, by the way. No, I agree, but it can happen now even before an 18th game because obviously we all figure, well, there'll be an 18th nah, game. That's what I was going to say. But we don't need three preseason games. No, I think the way out of it is give everybody a second bye week. You drag the regular mm. season out another week which I think is great for everybody because the NFL season isn't really that long to begin with. You give players safety because you give players that extra opportunity to rest, and so now you've added a week to the season, and that leads us right to presidency. And I think by doing that, and I'd I'd have to have someone smarter than me figure it out, but it would would balance the bye weeks. Because right now, Mm -hmm. there's some teams get a bye week after week four. Other teams get a bye week after week, like, 12. Yeah. And it's just it's just right. incongruent. I don't know when you started remembering, remembering football. What I mean by that is, like, my first football memory is the Giants-Bills Super Bowl. Okay. But I don't remember the season at all. Same thing with baseball. Like, my mm-hmm. first baseball memory is the 1991 World Series. But I don't remember, like, the day-to-day of a season until the following year. Got it. The first NFL season where I remember is 1993. And in that season... They had two bye weeks. Like, that was my introduction to really? the true story. Absolutely. Look it up. Giants-Cowboys played final week of the season, week 18 of the NFL season. Wow. There was a week 18 in 1993. And how long did that last? I, I'm not kidding you. I think it was one year. Yeah, I think it, it must, was literally it, it, it the one It must have been because I was in the league a couple years after that. Let me confirm this. 1993 uh, Giants. My memories are correct because... I assume they're correct. And the answer is yes. They had a bye week week four. They had a bye week week eight. 
So they played three weeks, then took a bye, and week 18, January 2nd, was the game they lost in overtime to the Dallas Cowboys. The following season in 1994, one bye week. Mm. So my memory is correct that that was the one season they had two bye weeks. Now, why that one season had two bye weeks? I can't tell you. Bizarre. I have no idea. I'm trying but to even, I remember I'm trying that to as a think, kid. I'm trying it to, made sense. I'm trying to think from like a TV perspective because there weren't as many TV partners at that time. Were you like inundated with TV coverage so you had to find a way to, I don't know, get more games on so you spread it out? I don't, I'm trying to even think of why that would By make By the way, it works sense. that way too. I, even though you're playing the same amount of NFL games, you spread out yeah. the amount of weeks that the package exists. Right. So I've always thought, based on that one year as a kid, as a 10-year-old, thinking, hey, this is what I my first kind of jump in a football. Boy, doesn't this make sense, especially when the league talks about player safety? You got the answer? I got the answer. So they experimented this in 1993 because the players wanted it for injury factor. However, it was quickly reversed in 1994 because CBS and NBC freaked out that their ratings plummeted for one season due to a continually depleted Sunday slate. Uh, Why was it so depleted when you're only taking it's away only one more game? Yeah. I guess because of the way they divided up the bye weeks and stuff, they had less of a girth. I don't know. By the way, 1993 is 30 plus years ago. Here's the difference. The NFL is such king right now, it won't matter. Right. And it's it's already divided. Right? Because there's so many broadcast partners. Right. Right. And you've added more national TV with the Thursday night game. Now we've got a Friday night game to open up the season. Black Friday. And there was no red zone or Sunday ticket back then, so you didn't really have options. So whatever you got, you got, and you got crap games, you got crap games. Now, to his point oh, that about that makes sense. So there wasn't, uh, there weren't alternatives to watch football. Yeah. So if you got a crappy game because your team was off, you didn't even turn it on. Mm, that's interesting. So you had two weeks where nobody's watching CBS or NBC, which would never happen, by the way. Not in two thousand twenty-four. Well, not now. I wouldn't, but back then I could see that happening. But that was thirty plus years ago, and what that does right now is it moves the Super Bowl Sunday to President's Day, and mm-hmm. look. Last night, I have to admit, it was like the first time I really felt it. And we don't even work a regular 9 to 5 job. We could wake up much later. I don't because I have kids, but I understand it. Like, we're not on the air until 2 o'clock. But that game ended well after 10. And then we're all so pumped up about what we watched, you're probably not going to sleep till after midnight. And if you went to someone's house and went to a party and you stayed till the bitter end... That's a late night. Yeah, and were, for kids. Right. There were it, some kids that stayed up. Yeah. And they missed school. Trust me. They missed school. Yeah, they missed school because they couldn't get up. See, or their parents couldn't get up. I, I <laughs> get the, it may be. Come on. I get the party thing and whatever. We argued about this last week. It's not week. even about the party thing. It's just about it's just it's just a long day. I know, but if you watch football like all of us do as football fans, it's a long day every Sunday. It doesn't yeah, but end until 11.30. Sean, Sean, that's 30 million people compared to 120 million people. I yeah. understand that. But you gotta I understand that. No, and this is the only thing. If you are a diehard, true and true football fan, I don't think you're the one complaining about the day off the next Bingo. day. I think it's the casual fan. Totally. Because the diehard football fans used to waking up after yeah. a late night. Here's so, why you're wrong about so, that, so, though. But then, there are, but then there's 80 million people. That's still a lot of people. I know. Yeah, I but know. what you're also forgetting is that and I'm not saying you do this or your Lugie does it. I think you're in a different world, though, Lou, because you could stay up later. You don't have any kids. Like, your time doesn't, time doesn't matter. I like, agree you sleep that. in. You sleep till like 10, 11 o'clock. 10, 11 o'clock. Yeah. So I think with you, it doesn't matter. Has there not been a game where it's 11 o'clock at night, it's the Steelers against the Browns, yeah. and you just say, eh, I'm good, and you <laughs> pass out? 
Yeah. Yeah. With the Super Bowl, nobody's doing that. That's a great point. No one is shutting off the Super Bowl. That's a great point. But on that Sunday night stay game. With it. You're going to stay with the yes, Super Bowl. Yes. On a Sunday night when you're tired and you've eaten all day and you've watched football all and day. And you, it's not your team. And it's not your team. It is more acceptable and more likely that you're just going to tap out. You're doing that three times on a week with Thursday, Sunday, Monday. One of those you're staying up. You're not falling asleep on all three if you're a real football fan. Yeah, Thursday, about- Thursday, Thursday you probably stay up because people work from home Friday. It's it's, it's a soft and day. Mondays and Wednesdays. But you're also, and, right. Yeah, so. so. You, but, but hold on, you're missing real football fans. Okay, so if the NFL averages, what do you want to say their average TV rating is? Like 25 million people? Yeah, 20. I'd say th- I'd say it's closer to 30. Okay, we'll say 30. Whatever the number is. How many of those are the average football fan compared to the diehard football fan? I don't even know what the difference is. I guess my the whole person pro- that will go to sleep when they're tired. Yeah. Evan. Okay. <laughs> right, so maybe you're speaking for you. That's all. And by the way, I, I don't go to sleep when I'm tired. I'm not speaking for myself. I'm talking about in general. You guys lose track. You're only talking about yourselves. I'm talking yeah. about everybody else. Like, I'm not normal. I wouldn't include myself in this conversation. True. No, and I think that's my overall point is I get that the casual fans. Are, I'm just saying I think the diehard football fan is not the one climber. So you know what you are. have to learn? Mm-hmm. I've realized the flow it's showing. But people are. But people take the day off. That's the point. Of course they do. And so because, it's, because it's a convenient excuse. Yeah, they got the no, but he, but he, it, whether, whether it is or whether it isn't, the fact is people take the days off. Right. right? The, prob- the, the, the number- problem you're having is every conversation you have, and Lugie's exactly like that. I'm used to it already. So I never talk about fantasy rules. <laughs> every <laughs> conversation is about himself. Selfish. And yeah. what he thinks or what he does. Interesting. So in the case of this, you got to look <laughs> at the other person. Like, I'm not having the conversation about myself. I stay up for every game, but I'm a lunatic. I also score every Met game. I don't base the conversation sure. based on people who act that way. Yeah. You've got to look at the majority of people. And the majority of people, especially the ones even listening to us right now, they're dragging their ass today. Oh, boo-hoo. Big friggin' deal. Deal with it. Okay, you're That's talking my to the stance. Two, but you're talking to the 2%. No. Yeah. That's Lugie Boom. What do you mean I'm talking to the 2%? You're talking to the 2%. You're talking about the people that don't have kids, that are 40 years old, mm-hmm. that sleep till 11 I am not, actually. No. The majority of people feel that way. So, look, I already accept it with you, but, Sean, have the conversation about others and not just yourself. What? I I am, and I think I've been very open-minded about it. All I'm saying is... Tiki, do you think no, he's no, having the conversation? No, 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 hold on. No. One at a time. One at a time. I, do you think he's having the conversation about himself, or do you I think, think he's talking I, about... I think he's talking about himself. Thank you, Tiki. Right. Yeah, but I, I thought I conveyed it that I was. I'm saying diehard football fans like me. Yeah, We're not the I ones know that, but I'm just saying, the fact is, it's 16 million people take off the Monday after the Super Bowl. That's facts. That's math. It's yeah. just, just... It's statistic. It's just there. Right? So you can't you can't say, oh, it's just because... Of, forget the reasoning. People do it. Right. And you're looking down on those that don't. See, that's why when we have conversations about the masses, it should just be us. Because those yeah. two only look at the Oh, yeah. When I think masses, I think Evan Roberts. Well, no, but I'm The guy who has his father-in-law shovel the snow outside his house. He really speaks for the common man. And he makes his bed. And you couldn't make a decision if you had a gun to your head. Please. I shovel my own snow. Uh-huh, he yeah. does the snowblower. All right. Let's get that straight. Let's not let lies Sorry. get in the way of facts. Let's go to Colin and Wyckoff. What's up, Colin? Gentlemen, good afternoon. How What's we up, doing? Dude? Good. Great, great points you made. I feel as a fan, the game turned. Dre Greenlaw goes out. Kelsey's got one yard receiving. Second half, him and Mahomes had their way all day. Right. They gassed that defense, and he did what Brady did to the Falcons. When it came to overtime, he had his way with that defense down the field. No, he definitely and- did, because Oren Burks and Demetrius Flanning Foles, who, who – 
now had to fill that extra linebacking slot just aren't the same cover players. That's why you started seeing a lot more Logan Ryan as the game went on. But you know what's funny about that? So Dre Greenlaw goes down, Mm -hmm. and it was right before a Kansas City possession at the time. It's uh, 3-0. Yep. Do you know what the Chiefs did on their first possession when Dre Greenlaw wasn't on the field? 3-0. 3-0. Yep. And then they had the field goal drive to make Mm -hmm. it 10-3, and then second half... The first two possessions went absolutely nowhere. Right. First think, four out of five possessions went nowhere until the special teams turnover. So I'm not minimizing the impact of losing Dre Greenlaw, but we didn't see it right away. No, no, we didn't. We we didn't see the Dre Greenlaw Goodbye, SNY, by the way. Because the 49ers' defense wasn't worn out. Right, The games, they, like, they started to really bog 49ers offensively in the third quarter. Three, it was like three and out, three and out. Uh, at one point, it was ten plays. Nine of them were passes, mm. and so you're you're on and off the field so quickly that you start wearing out your defense. And now you have your backup linebacker against one of the you know great tight ends in in football, and so you're trying to mitigate it. And I think eventually it was just going to catch up to him. So but, it was a big moment. It didn't. You didn't immediately feel it, but it eventually caught up to the 49ers. So part of the reason why I couldn't sleep last night is I kept listening to all the post-game interviews. So yeah. you brought something up. I brought it up much earlier in the show, but why not right now at 556 for you guys to hear Kyle Shanahan when he's asked about getting away from the run. Listen to what this guy says about why. Because he's asked, hey, hey, Kyle, why'd you get away from the run? I didn't get away from the run game. You, you go three and out, and you don't get drives. So it's, you didn't get away from it. We just didn't stay on the field. Not really, bro. You got away from the run, and during some of those three and outs, you didn't try to run the football. So, what are you talking about? about? That is that's that's not a good answer. <laughs> oh boy, I've gotten Tiki to completely no. flip on Shanahan. I'm not. I mean, I'm I'm defending him to an extent about the overtime call, but I remember saying this in at the beginning of the second half. You have the lead. Run the football. I know it's not a big lead, and I know you'd love to expand it, but you're not going to run away from the Kansas City Chiefs. It just You just don't do it. So they had three consecutive three and outs to start the second half. Yes. So three consecutive three and outs mean they ran nine plays. How many design runs they ran? One. 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 So and they com- had another one, but it was a Brock Purdy scramble. Correct. Look, you're all over it. Right. <laughs> you're right. It was a Brock Purdy scramble on third and 15, by the way. Yep. So... Kyle Shanahan's defensive answer after the game is just not true. Yeah. He said, and by the way, to Tony Romo's credit, he's taken a beating today. And I know that Andrew Marshawn, you know, killed him in his article in The Athletic. And I, I get it. Like, I'm not saying Tony Romo's the greatest. Tony did bring this up on the broadcast. He did. Where he would say out loud, hey, run the ball. Yep. Run the ball. He was saying it at the start of every possession. Yes. Run. You need to run here. Run the ball here. And Kyle wasn't doing it. And I enjoyed that because I thought that was nice editorial work by right. Tony Romo. It's what... We are not, whatever, because I'm, I'm disinterested, meaning I'm not rooting for either team. But as someone who's observing it and knowing what the 49ers do best with the offensive player of the year, the league-leading rusher, run the football. And when you go uh, basically an entire quarter without running the football, you notice it. Like, even if you're not paying attention to what they're doing, you notice that Christian McCaffrey is not touching the football. Right. And by the way, in the fourth quarter or at the end of the third and the, their, their fourth possession of the of, of of the second half, they started running the ball. Yes. And guess what? They were more effective. They scored a touchdown. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, the formula wasn't hard. And it's just sometimes offensive coordinators get so in their head, they just believe that they can scheme success when, in fact, they just need to do what they do best. 
and Kyle Shanahan, that's his fatal flaw. Mm. It, like, I don't, I don't want to put a fatal flaw on one of the winningest coaches of this era right now because he's been so good as the head coach. I'm not talking about Super Bowls. I'm just talking about winning in the regular season. His fatal flaw is that he gets stuck in his own hubris. And that's that's it hurts him. And it's why he's blown so many leads in so many big games because you're playing better teams, and especially in Super Bowls against the Kansas City Chiefs, which now happened twice. Mike is in Clifton Park, New York. How are you, Mike? What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. I'm great. Good. What's on, what's on your mind? So, so listen, um, I'm a Giants fan, and when the Giants won their Super Bowls, they made great plays. They elevated all the players like like um, ra- raised their level of, of, of play. Um, the Chiefs did it yesterday, but the 49ers, you can pick all the moments they had to be great, and they just didn't do it, including yep. uh, stopping uh, uh, Mahomes at the end. I mean, they could have been great, but they didn't make any great plays, so they didn't deserve to win. I mean, that's it. They, they did not elevate enough. Um, and, and by the way, the uh, overtime, uh, I think in the future, it should, it should just go to quarter five and keep <laughs> all of the same rules. All right, guys. Yeah, that's, that's great. interesting. What do you mean by that? Just keep the game going? Yeah, no, just keep it like it's a quarter. Like it's a quarter. Just play a quarter. Just play a quarter. So even if you score a touchdown and right. the other team throws an interception, you keep t- going until the quarter's I, over. I got to tell you, that is the simplest and most efficient way to finish a, a playoff game. Like an NBA game. Just, the NBA plays a period. Just, now it's not 12 minutes, right. but it's, you know. Just play a quarter. Yeah. And then what, what, whatever happens, happens. And if, you, if it's still tied, play another quarter. Yeah. Like, that's simple. That's no rules. That's no nonsense. It also would have worked that's in a no, way you wanted. That's no possessions. Right. That's, that's kind of like, all right, boys, <laughs> strap them up. You got another quarter to go. Well, it accomplishes what you wanted. The clock now matters. Yes. And then, B, you kind of get what people want where each team and each elite quarterback wow. got the ball in their hands. You're going to get what that, was that with a quarter. Who was, what was his name? What, what was, was his name? What was his name? Bob. Bob? Mike. Mike? Joe. Mike. 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 Was it? Mike. I think it was Mike. I have no idea. That was a great solution to this thing we've been debating all day. Ding, ding, ding. You like that one. Just play a quarter. That's it. Forget all the nonsense. Forget all the BS. Forget all the changed rules. Just play a quarter. That's awesome. So it's following the NBA model. Because that's set now. The NBA doesn't play a full quarter, but the NBA says, okay, here's five more minutes. Go play. Right. You got to play 10. Make it. If you want to make it 10, fine. Play 10 minutes. Just play a quarter. Just play a quarter. What were you laughing about? You don't like that, Sean? I just, I'm so tired of arguing because I, I hate I agreeing and then hating the disagreeing. Bottom line, NBA it doesn't guarantee it doesn't guarantee a possession. Yeah, my only point is I, I just I hate putting so much value after you've played for 60 minutes in the coin toss, and the winner of the coin toss benefits greatly if it's only a quarter under these circumstances. Okay, so don't get rid of the coin toss and make it like. A, a, a possession. You're, you want you want a hot you want a really hot take? We'll go back to this. I think they should play rock paper scissors. And not <laughs> at least there, at least you have some control about what you put out. Right. Uh, Maybe the XFL, the original XFL, was right. Still put the ball in the middle of the field. The scrum and, and sprint. Yeah, whoever gets the ball. I always thought that was a great idea. That <laughs> scrum was a brilliant idea. That was chaos. Look, here's the bottom line, football fans. Our season is over. We have no more NFL games until after Labor Day in September. And ultimately, if you're a Niner fan, you feel differently. A Chief fan, you feel differently. But we were given a great climax and conclusion to our football season. We were. 
We were having a group. What are you laughing about over there? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I just, before you were talking about inches of snow, and now you're saying we're getting great, you know. What? Climaxes. Climaxes. Well, to the season. That's all. Well, you guys are so freaking dirty. <laughs> now that you mention it, I did have a cigarette after the game. <laughs> Am I allowed to be immature? Just let me be immature. That's fine, be immature. But you have to admit, that was a great end to our season. We had an exciting game. I thought we were going to sit here. When it was the first half, and it was a very low-scoring affair, that there was going to be a fight of, was that game boring, or was it exciting? Because sometimes in sports, I think WrestleManias are the same way. You're defined by the end. You're not defined by what happened in the first 40 minutes of the game. Like, I'll give you a great example. Very the, true. Very true. The Patriot-Ram game. Remember the one that everyone talks about being a bore in 2019? Uh, 2018? 2018, it was January or February of 2019. You even said, what a terrible game. That was a tie game in the fourth quarter. It wasn't a terrible game. It was exciting in that it was close. It was low scoring. It was like 3-3, but it was close. The reason why none of us have a great memory to it is that they pulled away and won the game 13-3 so that when the game ended, 13-3 was the final score, something like that. Like It ended, and there wasn't that climactic ending. This game was similar in that it was very low scoring, but it was close. That's why, you know, 10-6 you know, late third quarter, I'm glued to it. We all are 13-10 fourth quarter, but we got the last 45 minutes of edge-of-your-seat crap, and it doesn't matter what happened the first part of the game. Like, the beginning of this game could have been Patriots-Rams, but it gave us that amazing climactic ending, and a million years from now, 20 years from now, 10 years from now, 5 years from now, if Sean is still working this earth doing a Cinco de Fivo, and talking about, like, great games in Super Bowl history, this one will be up there. Not because of the first 48 minutes, not because of the first hour, but because of the way it ended. And we always remember how it ended. None of us will forget how it ended. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.